Oh my god. It's Hotline League episode 149, the special free agency episode. We're starting two hours earlier. I have not told Raz that we're planning on making this a three-hour show. He's finding out about that right now. What? And uh, in <laughs> approximately one hour, we're going to have Commissioner Greeley on the show, and he's going to be talking about some of the, the changes they're making to the academy system uh, and the way that the development system, I guess I should say. And, uh, and so it's going to be a great episode. We're going to have a ton of great stuff. Um, first off, my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark? Going real good. Uh, you know, we were able to set this up without a hitch, and I'm looking forward to a, a great, great episode. Fantastic. Uh, and we're joined, of course, by Raz. How's it going, Raz? I mean, after that bombshell you already dropped to me, that's, uh, <laughs> I'm doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, my I, Twitch chat earlier was calling them Gafford grenades. That's my new, I guess, the thing. Anyway, um, for those of you that are listening to the podcast or watching this later, um, I have been streaming for about three and a half hours as a solo one-man show uh, during free agency. Mark and Raz, I am so happy they're here because they're going to make it so that I don't have to keep talking incessantly. Um, right before the show started, actually right before free agency started, I tweeted out uh, and played a YouTube video and all the stuff that of of all my predictions. So far, I think I'm like 15 out of 15 on them in terms of other media outlets corroborating them. So I'm feeling pretty good. Um, and uh, people can go find that video if you want. You can see how I did. But... Yeah, that's what. So we're going to be talking through that, uh, Mark and Raz. Yeah. How should we do this? I'm just going to link you guys my spreadsheet. Um, team, team by team, and talk about the the moves that we have so far. Is this all of yours? Is, are these all the things that you? So I will tell you, and Twitch chat will tell us, obviously, whenever something else is like corroborated by another media outlet. But the the ones that have been corroborated so far, to my understanding, are corroborated. I mean, we know the C9 roster, Fudge, Blab, or Perks, Ben, Vulcan. What we don't know is if Isles is going to Academy, but I have that as 50% confidence. I think that's going to be true. EG's show has confirmed that EG is transferring Huni to TSM. Uh, we know Speak Up, PoE, Doublelift. Those have been reported previously. I mean, it's assumed that Speak and Doublelift are starting. I have predicted or projected with 50% confidence sword art is their support um and then eg show 50? what did you say 50% confidence yes so i have i have yellows and greens on this sheet uh which i don't know how to i guess i i have some pictures i can pull up on the screen maybe that's a good idea i was going to say you can you can cover my face with like whichever team we're we're currently on or something sure. um so I, I just, I mean, it's good if we're talking about it too, because there's podcast listeners that are not going to be able to see all this, uh, yeah. uh da, 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 da. moving this around. So we have, uh, we have EG has also on their own show said impact Sven. Well, they didn't say Sven, but we can assume, uh, Jizuke lost and Ignar. So, so far I've got that going pretty well. 100T, I think Closer and FBI and who he have been corroborated by other people. We think they're going to start with Someday and DeMonte as well, so I've got those all in green. But yeah, uh, looking pretty good so far. So, I don't know, Mark, do you want to talk about any of these in particular? 
Uh, I mean, I'm I'm down to just start the top of the spreadsheet with C9, assuming that this uh, roster is what it is. Uh, I'm pretty stoked. I mean, as long as Fudge turns out to be decent, I don't know why this wouldn't be one of your top title contenders right out the gate. Um, you know, Perks is an absolute stud, as we all know, arguably the GOAT in the West. It's basically a two-horse race between him and, and Caps. Uh, Sven and Vulcan, also really good bottling, despite what happened uh, at the end of last year. I mean, a lot of the C9 guys are individually talented. Fudge is like the only question mark, and even then, he's, he's pretty proven through Academy. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. we've had this roster known for a while, I feel like, so we don't yeah. have to spend too much time on it. But Raz, I mean, I would assume you agreed that this is, it would be a pretty hot take not to assume that this is going to be one of the top rosters next year. Yeah, um, I think this is like a finalist team alongside Team Liquid. I know Team Liquid, we're going to talk about them later on. But um, honestly, I'm for me, Fudge is just really good. He's he, For me, he was the best top laner in Academy. Um, he showed the ability to play like both weekend strong sides um a matchup i think he's also just um listening a little bit to comms like if i, I felt like he was really strong on that front the only question i would actually have would be blabber uh because like when c9 actually kind of blew up by the end of the split it was more so like they showcased like they're really good when they were playing comps that were really aggressive early and kind of had like they had tools to play out and go for picks and skirmishes but like when they tried to scale or alongside like yumi or something or GP top, they would like he would still try and force fights that were just like you should just be patient, man. So like there's still a little bit of um, you know there are moments where he can coin flip, but I still think he's in a really good jungler. So um, yeah, like this is a finalist team. So like that's just me kind of being nitpicky, but I think this this is for sure a really strong team. Moving on to TSM, oh, so boy. this is the the spicy one. So I. I had heard over the weekend a Hooney and Loss trade between EG and TSM was going to happen. There were some uh, rumors, and I, I didn't have him locked in, either of these players locked in green this morning, because this morning a, a big rumor wave went out that the Hooney and Loss deal was put on ice or something. I don't know, maybe it got complicated, but it looks like it's back on because EG's show is reporting that uh, EG is sending Hooney to TSM, and they are going to have Loss, so... Um, but nobody else is talking about sword art yet. I have that only as a, like, I've heard it, but I can't, conf I don't feel confident enough saying 90%, but that is the, the current rumor for TSM. So, uh, Mark, what do you think of Hooney to TSM? Oh God, dude. I mean, I don't think I was ever on like the, the Hooney hate train quite as hard as a, a lot of people. I mean, he's always been a bit of a boomer bust player um, with varying degrees of success. Um, I think he, he did, he was a little different, I think, when on his SKT days, but the Immortals Hooney, the Fnatic Hooney, and, and Dig Clutch Hooney uh, is usually trying to play carries, trying to generate pressure all the time. Um, and it's not been working great recently. Um, I think people got a little too negative on him uh, for the Dignitas stuff and like the contract and all those things. I mean, he did make Worlds just in 2019 um, as probably what you would say is the primary carry for that clutch gaming lineup. I don't really think um, you'd say it's anyone else. Um, maybe Cody, but not but probably Hooney. So I, I think he, he can be good, but Oh, it just doesn't, it just doesn't, 
doesn't I, feel like it's really surprising because yeah. I we really I think a lot of people thought licorice would end up there. That was my big expectation. Did you say why you didn't think it happened? Uh, yes, the rumor is that Jack's buyout was higher than. Sorry, I should say Cloud9's buyout. I don't want to single Jack out. Cloud9's buyout was higher than TSM was willing to pay for Licorice. And and didn't... one one rumor I had heard was that Licorice and I mean we'll talk about FlyQuest in a little bit, but Licorice, Palafox, and Diamond were supposedly a package deal. Um, now there's been some reporting since then. I think on the EG show that that's maybe not true, but. My understanding is that yeah, it's a package deal, um, and so maybe that's part of it is that Jack wanted whoever took Lakers to also take um, those two players, and maybe TSM wasn't down to do it. Hmm. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. I think that the the Hooney pickup is good in the sense that he's um, an NA, like he's not an import anymore. Doesn't take up an import slot. And he can play carry, but like the issue of inconsistency is definitely there. And I think Broken Blade was definitely the better of the two. Broken Blade, in my opinion, just like without having seen anything inside internally, obviously, mm -hmm. um, I, I think the, the only reason why the change is happening is because he takes up an import slot and not because of his performance, because I would have imagined that TSM would want to continue to work with him. So the only thing I, I, I can guess is like some of the stuff that was said in the TSM legends episode, as it was into the end of the year, um, double lift and some of the other, I think maybe Bjergsen said it too, but double lift in particular was vocal about how some of the players were just like coin flipping scrims and taking bad fights. And that made it hard to improve. Oh uh, yeah. And reading between the lines, people assumed that he was talking about broken blade. So Maybe there was some internal reasons as well, but from purely a performance perspective, I think, you know, Broken Blade had the better last two years. Like his time on TSM had gone better than uh, Huni's time uh, in the LCS during that period. So it, it's hard to feel like this is an upgrade on that front, though I don't think, I mean, you can make the case that Huni's teammates haven't been as good as TSM's, even though they went to Worlds once when TSM didn't. What's crazy to me think is to think about has T has Hooney been on more high profile teams than any other League of Legends player, especially at, with this? At this point, he would have been on the most historic franchises in every region but the LPL. He's been on SKT, Fnatic, and he's joining TSM. So I mean, <laughs> people, I, the the whole like, how does Hooney do it? Is still like, does he have an agent yet, or is this still all agentless that he gets all these insane deals? You know that the supposedly the Dignitas deal was negotiated by himself. It's it's crazy. I mean, what's crazy to me is um, Hooney. <laughs> He's got a career as an agent ready to go. If you were told, so I I personally like Hooney a lot. I'm not saying that. Oh, I'm, here we go. I'm not saying he's bad. If, Here it if comes. you told me, because there's a giant list of players that we don't know are, are going to end that are probably not going to end up on an LCS team. And if you had told me that Huni did not end up on an LCS team this year, I would have believed it, right? Like top lane is yeah. super competitive. And so it's crazy to me that not only does he land on an LCS team, but he lands on TSM, which is fucking crazy. Yeah, um, you're, you're, you're your lineup again about who's missing because there's a little section at the bottom yeah yeah i will i'll we'll talk about that maybe at the end but um and we're going to get into callers where i think for a while we're not going to have callers because we're going through all this but yeah um anyway uh i look i don't know about the sword art thing i've it's it's been rumbling around a ton though what do you guys think of that really fucking good 
if it's a if it's a thing that they were aiming for and if they end up getting it then my biggest issue with tsm was that like throughout the year it felt like they were and how they played directionless like it, it didn't feel as though they had like a strong sense of what they wanted to do or a strong voice which is really weird because they did have veterans so maybe i miss um kind of not really hitting the right note but it felt like when i was watching tsm play the game they didn't have direction that's how it felt like for me and sword art from watching his play on Sooning, like throughout the league he has always been that player in flash rolls he's always been that player like there will not be an issue with tsm being directionless uh with sword art he has been um the if not one of the best supports in the world for some time so like i, I think it's an insane pickup that they actually get him Twitch chat says in all capital letters, does Sword Art speak English? Yes. You can go look at my my YouTube channel. In 2018, I did an English interview with him at MSI. So you, or All Stars. No, MSI. So you can you can figure that out. Sorry, Mark, go ahead. I was going to say, for me, I think the, the concern is what's this team's play style? I think they have a big issue to iron out in what they want to do. I mean, Huni is generally not going to be your weak side player. Um and maybe there's a world where, where POV is safe in the bot lane, Spica and Sword Art develop this play style where they're roaming around. Um, but I'm definitely a little like... This roster isn't one that instantly jumps off the page to me about making sense and what they're what they're trying to do necessarily. Um, and I still feel that way. Like, look, like even as I talk about it, I'm still like, oh, I don't know if this is a roster that's going to have much synergy in how they see the game because I don't think... I don't think many of them see the game the same way um, from from what we've seen. Uh, I mean, from just Huni's side, for me, like I don't. Uh, if I see if I take Huni out of the equation, I just see Speak Up, Poe, Double Lift, and Sword Art. I think it's fine. Um, like with like I think in terms of a direction, I think that makes a lot of sense for me. But then you have a inconsistent, not inconsistent, but like a top lane that's pretty chaotic, and you're pretty much forced to play top side. Um, that is the part of the side of the map that I'm questioning. I've actually remember vividly like a game because he uh, Huni played in Academy, where like it's not as if Huni hasn't played weak side. Like he has played Orn. He just looks bad on it. Like he 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 will look for fights or play aggressively on the side of the map where it's just not something you should be doing and get punished for it. So, and that's where I would say is like I don't how they want to play the game i think that's a question on if hoonies is playing for that team um are they a top side team so esports yeah. maniacos as we're saying this twitch chat is all saying this i guess i need to confirm it but enough people are in, in twitch chat are saying it. is that bloop who works for esports maniacos great name saying tsm will pick up current world finalist sword art from sooning gaming as they're starting support for the 2021 lcs season so let's all take a moment to support to just celebrate I got it right again. Feeling Sword's really good about it. Travis everything. Gafford's Twitch channel, right? Some of this will be wrong. I know that some of my predictions are going to come up wrong, but I have been shocked at how I did not even think I would get so many of these right. So I'm feeling really... For things really... that are confirmed, you should start filling them in another color. I'm feeling really fucking good about this stuff. I mean, I don't start... want to confirm, like, two outlets saying it is not necessarily confirming it, right? Like, perhaps we have the same sources or whatever. I don't want to call it confirmed, but, like... Holy shit, we're killing it. Anyway, Isn't sorry. Is that a thing in journal journalism? Two sources, it's a story? Or something? Uh, that's, I mean, that's not what the... Yeah, whatever. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm feeling... We're we're doing great. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, so Sword Art's a beast. I think PoE's good. And I think Huni... I think Huni's 
too harped on for his his weaknesses and not enough you know credit given to his strength. But I don't know how a TSM fan looks at this and feels better about this lineup than the one they just had, um, even with the hype around your support position getting a big upgrade. Um, I, I have concerns about how the team plays, and I think you know it's probably a bit of a weird feeling um, for TSM fans to see some of the some of the names. Oh, I will say actually, now that I think about it, I just kind of thought of it now. Like Doublelift and and Biofrost last split were pretty weak. Like they were weak side yeah. for quite some time. So now that I think about it, it's not even that bad to have Huni on the top side of the map because like now you you do have a threat top side. Uh, they had a threat top side before, but it's not as if now it's weird. You know what I mean? So it would actually for me disassemble the idea of them not having a way like an agreed upon way that they want to play the game. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, bio and treats were not like great rumors. It wasn't like they were making plays all over the map. So in a lot of ways, you know, in terms of play style and also how well Sword Art does that play style, he's, he's definitely an upgrade. Um, but I don't think PoE is, has he ever played with a strong side top really before? Has he ever done well with a strong side top? I don't, I can't really recall. And even just his how he seems to play the game, he doesn't. Uh, Alfari back in Misfits. Yeah, Twitch chat saying Alfari. Yeah, but was he as good back then? Maybe I maybe yeah, I'm he was, thinking. He was, he was, he okay, because I remember a lot more about Han Sama and and Max Lore and some of the other people. Um, am I thinking the right? Not Max Lore. Whatever. Anyways, I, I it was it was other things I felt like, but um. Yeah, I, I, yeah, go on. Either way, I just don't feel like you know if you're trying to play strong topside carry that POE always supports that play style the best. Well, let's let's going. move on to Hunter T because Hunter T themselves just tweeted closer is joining, which is making a lot of the rest of the Hunter T lineup uh, that I've got on this looking pretty good. I mean, I knew I, I with 100 percent confidence I said closer and FBI um, a short time ago on 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 Twitter couple days ago, I think, maybe yesterday. And so right now we've got someday closer DeMonte FBI and who he projected with 90% confidence um, as being the 100T lineup. So that is, uh, Raz, have you heard of these players before? Never in my life. So that is... You asked the question, so I answered. (laughs) That is four Golden Guardians players and someday. So we'll see if it ends up happening. I mean, I'm pretty confident in it, but like at the very least, closer and FBI seem very, very likely. Yeah. He, et cetera. So, under uh, doing a great job uh, developing talent. I'd say, you know, <laughs> <laughs> great these next. Yeah. Look at all those players they moved up. That's a great job, guys. <laughs> Papa Smithian chat says true Keck W. I mean. Uh, it's so funny. I mean, I'm sorry for Raz or the Golden Guardians people who might be watching and stuff. It's it's just so funny to be like, hey, that lineup looked pretty good. Control Z or Control C, Control V, and like change the homework up a little bit so it doesn't look exactly the same. You put in someday, and uh, honestly, I'm fucking stoked for this lineup. I loved yeah. Golden Guardians team last year. I thought they were incredible. And like, um, no no shade at Hanser, but I think a lot of people view someday as an upgrade. And uh, the best part is I don't think he really makes them have to change their play style. I think if they want to play around him more, because like Hanser was really good at still generating his own leads without 
requiring a ton of resources, but I feel like that's equally true for some day in a lot of ways. And um, I'm, I'm stoked to see this lineup. Yeah, I mean, for me, if it means that these guys are make, uh, you know, getting bigger payday, if it means that like for them they're 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 happier or better in life, I'm fucking happy about that, right? I'm proud of them because like they had an insane year. Um, the team did. So the fact that they're now moving on and um, moving on, staying together, I think is still is a positive too because they can work off that. If this is all true, if it's like closer Demonte, FBI, and who he are being picked up by hundred thieves, you know, um, I'm actually. Uh, I was worried about the fact that they would disperse like the Dragon Balls. Um, yeah. so, the fact, so the fact that they can play together, uh, is, I think, is insane. Uh, Twitch chat wants to know if we're covering new roster moves. We just don't have time, so unfortunately, we won't be talking about them too much. And I don't think even Mark or Raz or I are experts in in uh, in all that stuff. So G two and Fnatic make finals. There you go. I mean, look, so I'm not going to flame Hunter T uh, because well, okay, two things. One. We watched on stream, or I watched on stream, uh, Hunter from Golden Guardians, former colleague of mine at Yahoo and CBSI. He did a video explaining why things ended up the way they were for Golden Guardians. I would encourage people to go to the Golden Guardians YouTube channel and check it out because I think it's worth a look before people all meme and flame. Um, I think, the, to Raz's point earlier, it is... I think this roster could look great. Um, I think they look great this year. It is very, very funny that Hunter T, who's all about developing talent and has Hunter T next and all that stuff, ended up doing this. Um, it's, it's just, it's not what you would expect, right? Like, I I don't know. It's just so fucking funny. Uh, and I'm really excited. I'm sure we'll get a call tonight about it. And I'm I'm very fascinated. I mean, it, it kind of makes it very clear what their goals are, right? I remember that was a big question last um, yeah, this year, I guess. We're still in 2020. So um, the, the idea of, like, are they developing or do they want to win now? Like, those are hard goals, and kind of figuring it out is always going to be a difficult task. And I, if they're picking up this team, that's a, a clear indication that they're here to win um, because this was a team that, for sure, like you saw happen, like this fucking team literally 3-0 TSM, Obviously had a rough one when they had had to face them again. Um, they could have clear, like easily been the finals. So yeah. if they're, if this is the roster decision that they're making, then it's very clear that it's not on developing talent necessarily. It's on winning. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm happy to see t more teams hopefully have a defined goal. Like uh, to talk about the 2020 season, like some days a stud, and I mean. You know, if, if he's happy playing for in in those rosters, then great. But they're clearly also still looking for gold, so to speak, with the support moves that they were doing and Ryoma and stuff. Um, and you know, there there were the changes in the jungle position, and it was not a roster that felt like it was focused on winning now. And I feel like you know, some days in his prime, towards maybe the twilight. You know, when you start talking about his his career, and I don't, I don't. I want to see him on the, on the more win now organization. So, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm stoked to see them all, uh, you know, kind of all in around this and, you know, hopefully that means other people pick up the talent development reins. Cause that's at least one thing I did appreciate was that they did give new players a shot last year on, on Hunter thieves. Okay. So, uh, what should, let's go back up to TL. We've known about this roster for a while, so we don't need to talk too yeah. much about it. But Alfari, Santorin, Jensen, Tactical Core, JJ. I think Santorin was, we I mean, uh, three weeks ago, I was saying Santorin 
and getting hate for it uh, by some. And it, it ended up coming, I think in the past week is whenever it started to come, come, become clear that it was going to end up happening. So uh, I I don't know. I mean, Raz, I'll start with you. What do you think of this this lineup, is, especially compared to the C9 one? It's a championship roster. Um, this one, I think, is really complete. People will always talk about and question Alfari because, I mean, a lot of audience, when they think about successful players, they'll only look at the ranking of the team. It's a really bad mind mentality. <laughs> so, yeah. so, like, but he was on a bad team. Uh, he, he must be bad. No, he's, he's, he's If he was good, talented. a good team would pay for him to play. True. Um... But no, like I, I think he's a really great pickup, and he allows them to do something they couldn't do this year, which was have flexibility top lane. You could play to top side, or you can, you know, have him be on weak side. Like Afari could be could do both. So I, I think this is a huge boost to them as a team. Um, Santorin was the best jungler last year, so uh, already like just pound for pound, I think they have a really good roster. I'm yeah. so glad Nyako decided to jump up on me because there's so many extra people in Twitch chat tonight who might not know that the CAT word gets you banned or timed out or whatever. Yeah. So this is the uh, Twitch I chat just the wrecking hazing, themselves. The, the hazing, I guess, for Welcome to Travis Gaffer's Twitch channel. Yeah. He doesn't acknowledge this this creature as a as a as a real thing. Goodbye, um, Twitch chat. <laughs> I love how cat gets you banned, but uh, a certain genitalia will not. <laughs> Travis. Priorities are straight over here, let me tell you. Anyway. <laughs> good good job, Raz. Way to go. Uh, it's too smart. <clears throat> um, so I, I got to say, yeah, Raz Prima hits the nail on the head. This is like the win win roster. This is the money can buy happiness roster. Yep. Um, they should be competing for, for the title. Uh, yeah, there's the concerns about synergy and whatnot. But to be honest, the previous iteration of TL wasn't even like super strong synergy and they still made worlds and had a decent showing. So like, you know, assuming this is any is even that level, it should just be an upgrade off off raw raw skill at, at this point and yeah i'm i'm stoked to see what alfari can do and actually um playing playing strong side hopefully for this team when, when the time calls for it yeah i'd love to see tl play camille i don't think they've played camille in two years oh my god what is, a, is what a gonna be the top laner you've, be. you've wanted all along mark is he gonna be the top laner of your dreams I think he played Blue Kong a bunch last year. Yeah. How weird is it going to be for like Jensen Core JJ to just be like what did you say you wanted to pick top lane? <laughs> they're gonna accidentally pick Orn. <laughs> Sorry, I pick, oh you you said Jace. I pick I pick Maokai. No, not even Maokai. Just Orn. That's it. Uh, okay. Um, I pick Mordecai. First pick Mordecaiser, guys. All right, I'm done. <laughs> next, <laughs> next, next up Wait, is. I can play GP. <laughs> next up is EG. Uh, so at the start of the day, I had Impact Jazuke and lost uh, or wild turtle but i i was mostly predicting lost as their their new situations ignar had already been confirmed by a couple media outlets and so i'd heard that as well so that was sitting at 90 percent. it looks like all my 50 percent bets are going to come true um other media outlets are corroborating impact uh lost and jazuke as the roles that are are there so that would make this final lineup impact spend jazuke lost and ignar so uh, what do we think of this? I'll start with you, Mark, since uh, Raz went first last time. 
Uh, I'm a little hit or miss on it. I think um, there's a chance that this is pretty good, which is the same thing I said about their lineup going into spring last year as well, um, where it's like, okay, if it's like this kind of Ignar roaming, meeting up with Sven, and they're popping off with Jazuke, then I can see a world where it kind of works. Uh, you know, and Turtle did play a lot of weak side. If it is uh, Turtle, if it is lost, um, I don't think he played quite as much in Academy, but I could be wrong uh, in terms of the, the weak side play style. And so, you know, then you just have a solid top laner and impact who's not going to, you know, cost you games, which I think was one of the problems that they had previously when it was Huni and Jazuke together. It was just like way too much volatility. Um, so this is a slightly less volatile version of some of their, their previous rosters potentially, but um i'm still not really gonna buy it as a as a serious title threat um but i do think it would be a fun team to watch i just don't know how jizuke is back like in the, so like, weird too that they benched him and then brought him back it is i mean weird. maybe they spent the whole offseason trying to get perks i mean they were rumored to be chasing hard for perks i i yeah uh, like once again jizuke had some really really good like string of weeks in in the lcs it was his beginning and his ending it was the sandwich that did him in where he was just like you're talking about volatility he was the volatility like his last game whereas eg versus clg was just the most mind-numbing experience to watch a team play out right that's not going to change because it's the same roster in a sense uh, I guess Ignar is the difference here in terms of like decision makers because you have a new support. Maybe that's maybe that's how they talked it out, or at least like the decision on that one. But yeah, um, I would uh, I think Golden Glue performed better of the two players. So I what's fascinating to me about this EG roster is I look at it and I'm thinking this is pretty inexpensive, and I don't think they're paying. I mean, they traded Huni for loss, so I don't know if there was a financial. Uh, situation in between that um, but I don't like they probably did not spend very much to build this roster and they're probably not going to spend too much on it I mean impact was rumored to be making a million at TL but I doubt he's commanding that now especially given how top lane has been kind of a massacre for this offseason so I think it's crazy that EG went from like being rumored to be paying a shit ton of money to a bunch of people perhaps a giant buyout to G2 and then it seems like they pivoted to what I think is perhaps a fairly middle-of-the-pack budget roster. Um, not saying middle-of-the-pack is in they will place middle-of-the-pack, though maybe that's probably likely. Uh, but it's just like, I don't know. It's just it's funny to see where money ends up uh, going and what, what ends up happening. Yeah, I mean, the middle-of-the-pack is what I'd expect. And I guess if you're getting there on the cheap, then sure. I think uh, they might be playing Sven a decent amount. Last year, I think people talked about uh, him getting a lot so maybe he's probably still under that same contract yeah i guess i guess my thing is like you're not there's no future with this team so to speak like uh you know all these players are having been played for five years at least except for lost and even he might might be playing for five years at this point i, I don't know how long he was in oceania before uh coming over so like yeah i don't know this just feels weird i guess um Ignar is really, really good. I kind of hope to see him. I mean, Sword Art is also really good. So initially, when it was like potentially a TSM, were some of the I think the early rumors that sounded pretty nice. But uh, I gotta say, this this still looks decent. But yeah, I'm looking more like mid mid pack probably. 
You know, one uh, thing I will say about Jazuke yeah, is uh, I, it seemed as though there was a lot of issues between him and their bot lane previously, um, maybe even specifically Bing. And so you maybe wonder, like, okay, well, we liked Jazuke a lot, but a lot of the issues seem to be with regards to Bing and the bot lane and it not working. So maybe you run it back this year with Jazuke to try to see if anything goes differently. I mean, even if there are issues internally between, like, if that has merit, like, I'm just strictly talking about Jazuke's decision-making in-game. Like, that for me was just a, was a big question mark and was volatile. So if this team is trying to aim for a championship, then I like, like, I think what Impact brings is great experience, right? And he gives you an idea of what side of the map you're playing to. And I think they should go with Lost because Lost is actually really talented. He actually performed incredibly well in TSM Academy and was like their main kind of him and treats were like the main sticking points to the to the squad. Um, so like this is to me looking at this team, it's a bot side team. But um, once again, if they had the option between like Jazuke or Golden Glue, people will always use the idea of ceiling and ha saying that Jazuke has had higher moments and bigger moments. But um, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we saw what last year looked like. This year looked like 2020. Um, so I'm I'm just not sold. I think we've just based off what we saw. Okay, so we only have about uh, 10 minutes to go before we get Greeley in here to talk a little bit about some of the changes they're making. Excited to have him on because I think a lot of people have been wanting to, to. Oh, is he taking my spot? No. Okay. We can have four people on. We have the technology for it. Stop that trying works, to leave. No, I'm not trying to leave. It's You're like if I here. have little time, then I have to bullet point my, like, just bullet out my thing. So No, take as much time as you want. Thank goodness. Okay, IMT, Revenge, Xerxy, Insanity, Rays, Destiny. Let me see this roster. All right, so, like, I don't hate it. I know, so I, I know a lot of people are complaining about Revenge, or not complaining, but, like, being like, really? Of all the top laners to pick up from Academy, you pick Revenge? Um, he wasn't ready to go at all for the LCS. He was struggling in Academy and stuff. At the same time, he's super high rated in Solo. I think he finished number one, right? Or yep. you finished ranked one and I think nine because he had a second account that he was trying to get one and two. Yeah. So, you know what? I'm fucking down. I hope this doesn't turn into one of those situations where this team doesn't have enough threats. Uh, it's a lot of younger guys, I guess. Uh, Rays and Destiny both have experience. Um, you know, Destiny was OPL who went to EU, or yeah, went to EU then came back. Uh, Rays is, was just OPL. Um, Insanity was beginning to get his start. Xerxes had a down split last year, but has had very high highs. And so, like, this looks like a young, cheap lineup that might have some studs on it if things work out and yeah. I'm, I'm super down. Like I said, I'm, if, if a roster is going to be more developmental focused, I'm down and there's no one who could benefit more from development than revenge, which is why I'm kind of down with it. I just hope it's, he has enough support around him and this team has enough support. Yeah. This one is the, this is the team that I kind of have like the, the biggest opinion on, like the most to say about, uh, because Ray's for me, he's been an insane uh, AD carry for quite some time in OPL. Uh, when when Lost and FBI came over, I still thought that Raze was really fucking good. Um, so, like, he's for sure going to come into this. And I think people are really high on King is another example. I actually had Raze, like, higher than uh, quite a few of them. FBI, I think, was better. Um, that one's always a bit debate. 
and always a question on like how does he perform against better talent because the uh, like the talent pool in OPL is definitely like bad in comparison. Um, but Rays is really good, so I think this is a great pickup for them uh, in terms of like picking up an insane player for a low cost. This is literally as good as you can get. Um, Insanity, I'm I'm happy that they're keeping him. Uh, and and revenge to your point, like of course, if you're just basing it off of like who do you getting a proven talent. The top three top laners that I had from last split in the academy were Fake God. Oh, no, it was Fudge, uh, Darshan, and Fake God in terms of just performance. And I think that was like the most consistent thing that I've heard from everyone, too. That was the case. Uh, Revenge, of course, was just on a bad team. Like FlyQuest Academy was just pretty, it was just bad. Um, like that's just the reality. But I think he's talented uh, individually. And so it seems like they're, ba- they're banking it off that talent and that development. So. This for sure is like a talent development kind of faith-based, you know, lineup. So yeah, I, I think I, yeah, go, go on. I, I just want to say, say... <laughs> you go, Braz, your turn. All right, all right. I just I'm just gonna say if we're basing this is off of like talent building uh, and, and and team building, I think this is good team building. Uh, thank you to i9 Gamings for the to ten gifted subs. We're close to two k. Very exciting. I I think my take on on the off season is gonna be. I think Reddit, in order to make Reddit happy, which is ultimately the goal of every team, you either need to build a super team or you need to come in with something really like rookie, fresh, new. Um, because I, that that seems to be my takeaway from Afterworlds, right? Teams, fans seem unhappy with seeing a lot of the same faces. Um, and I think they want to either see something that that feels like a powerhouse that's, that's going to show up and stomp, or they want to feel like teams are taking big chances on new names and looking to develop talent and all that. And if if that holds true, Immortals, Immortals should be a, a, a team that a lot of fans respect for building out. So we'll see if uh, that works out or if they lose their first eight games and Reddit is like, these guys don't know what they're doing. Uh, but uh, we will we will see how things go. Yeah, I mean, it's scary to do this in, in the new, if the format, you know, with the 45 games, no no reset kind of thing is true. It is a big commitment, but like, yeah, I'm I'm a little bit with Reddit in that sense where like, you know if you're going to, if you're a legitimate threat or not, usually pretty pretty quickly. And there are upsets. There's always teams that you didn't think were going to do that good that, that do better. And, you know, I'm not saying that you should just punt your season away necessarily, but I like the Dignitas's from last year, you know, and, and some of those lineups where it was just 10 veteran players in between LCS and Academy. It was like, well, what do you, what's the plan if this goes, goes, you know, bottoms up. Uh, so, you know, the fact that some team is, some teams are seemingly saying we're not going to compete with the TLs, the C9s, the TSMs, I mean, even the EGs this year in terms of their spending, let's go snipe, snipe up some, some cheaper talent because bios are fucking insane. It sounds like this year. Yeah. I also just want to put in there that Rays and Destiny has played together in 2018. They were on, um, I'm pretty sure they were on Chiefs Esports. Um, so, like, in fact, Ryoma was on that team. <laughs> I'm looking at it now. I'm look, I, I just realized now Ryoma was on the same team. So, like, uh, they've played together. They have, like, that synergy. And and I I think Rays is for sure a talent that people will respect. I, I think this will be a year that he kind of, he will prove his name in North America. I'm really confident about him as, a, as an individual. Um, that being said, like, as a team, it's all about just being on the same page. They'll probably have a pretty rocky start. Um, and there's a lot of veteran, you know, stacked talent in the LCS. So it'll definitely have to be a ramp up period for them. Yeah. I mean, t- to your point, like, I don't care if this team starts two and six, honestly. 
um, <laughs> or, or something weak. Uh, yeah. I want them to ramp up. FBI, you know, when he was paired with Keith at the beginning, like no one was like, oh my God, this guy will be the best bot laner by the end of summer. <laughs> you know, like you never know what's going to happen. Uh, yeah. So even if they're struggling a little bit, I, I hope people give them some breathing room before jumping down their throats. We can take a little bit more time on these, by the way, because Greeley's running 15 minutes late, which is perfect for us because we're running a little late too. Dignitas. Okay, I am going to admit, I kind of YOLO'd this Hanser thing. I just, I have not heard anything about him specifically. What? You just YOLO'd it? Uh, well, so I just, think it's, I just think it's incredibly likely. Enough that I was willing to, if it's a 50-50 bet, I would bet Hanser. So this is the one, oh, perhaps oh. out of all of my predictions, that I think is least likely to come true. Although, you really want to lose, huh? I mean, look, I was, okay, maybe it wasn't Hanser. I was nervous about Sword Art because I'd only heard it, like, it didn't see, it seemed like it was tough to find. Um, and some of these, and Jazuke and stuff. So actually, I wouldn't even say this is the one that, I didn't YOLO the other ones, but I, I mean, all my yellows are hitting so far. So I'm excited to You're see if Hanser. You're that someone will want to go to Dignitas. Is it that is. not just the biggest, like, <laughs> Says the Golden Guardians player, or coach. Um, so, okay. Dig? All right, fine. You know, going on guess cool. So, so uh, no, no, but I think this is. I think this is is a pretty likely thing. I mean, they could pick up solo, um, and I don't know what other top laners are are well, like up, Big on my God list. or um, true. That's true. If they want to go Darshan, there's one other I think that just slipped my mind. Kumo, but here's what I'll tell you about Dig. Option, maybe. Well, they seem to be going for people who have brands and like i think hanser i it doesn't seem like they're going for any rookies so that's why i think hanser is most likely um they have a lot of uh again i think i made this joke last time it's it's speculation joke but i think they have made a pretty big deal with verizon and they need twitter followers to fulfill it uh they might be the new team sneakers with verizon fucking trolling mark remember what we were talking about mark the guy you know, landed a hit last time talking about Broxa. Now he's feeling confident. And so he shut up. I don't know. I'm not making this shit up. So I have heard some people say Dig is is considering Hanser or Hanser could go there. But let's put it this way. I I had considerably more info from people for all these other yellows. Uh, The Hanser one is my weakest play, I guess I would say. Let me just say this. Teams should want to have answers. So me hearing that D- Dignitas would like, you know, would benefit with Hanser is like for sure. I, I, hundred percent. Like I, I would for sure uh, expect that to happen. But um, it depends. I don't know. That's, yeah, I, uh, I think Travis did some good research for this one. He went to Twitter and checked all their Twitter followers and saw Hanser had the most and was like, that's that's who it's gonna be. I, this this roster has enough up in the air right now that I have a hard time having strong feelings on it. Um, yeah. And especially because it could easily go either way still between like, what the fuck are you doing signing a bunch of like... Oh, really? Middling... Sorry, Mark. Really quickly, just for podcast listeners, the thing that we're looking at right now has Hanser and Yellow, which is my 50% plus confidence, Dardock, Johnson or Sneaky, and Aphromu all in green with a big fat question mark for mid. I have no idea what they're doing there. To explain the Johnson or Sneaky thing... I have heard all offseason that Sneaky is likely to go to Dig if Dig can sell Johnson to get the money to pay for Sneaky's salary, essentially. So Johnson has been rumored to go to a ton of different places, but I'm guessing Dig just wants a ton of money because it seems like people are making decisions like EG going for Lost 
FlyQuest, um, FlyQuest might try to get Johnson still, but anyway, that's what we're looking. Sorry, Mark, continue. That's yeah, quite so- manipulation for a team that should just keep Johnson. Anyways, go on. <laughs> I'm with you, Raz, but if they do do that, you know, and then it ends up being Hanser, Sneaky, Afro, Dardock, and... I don't know, pick pick a mid, frog and, frog and comes back. Who knows? You know, like, I would not be super stoked about that lineup, um, but it could easily go Johnson, Afro, who knows, uh, Fake God, Dardock, and, and I don't know. Like, this is one that's, there's so much up in the air, and I don't really have a strong feeling on quite yet. Yeah. Um, and that's fair. I think it's really tough to say about Dig. I, like, I... I guess I would say Dig has not filled me with confidence this offseason. It just feels like they... Are I, I haven't heard a lot, you know, so I don't know if they're just waiting to to go budget. But again, I'll, they're one of the NBA teams. Speaking of uh, one of the NBA team orgs, we got FlyQuest. So I had like mostly question marks for FlyQuest as of twenty four hours ago, I think, uh, maybe maybe thirty six. But I filled in this whole thing since then, and it sounds like this has been corroborated by either the EG show or Esports Maniacos. Licorice, Jose Diodo, Palafox, uh, Defley, or maybe Johnson again. I've heard that they're going to run Defley unless they can get Johnson. And then Diamond with a Licorice, Palafox, Diamond uh, package deal coming over from C9 for quite some large amount of money. Oh, 100T just announced FBI. Okay, well, so did I two two days ago. <laughs> anyway, um, God, it's a joke. I'm just we're playing up the fact that I'm doing really well. Please forgive me for that. Um so uh what do you guys think about this FlyQuest roster um for me i mostly like it uh no hate on definitely but i'd feel a lot better if it was it was johnson to, to round it out um it's a bit of a mix of newer players then with licorice kind of being uh the i guess foundation in some sense uh you know if it doesn't work out, I'll feel really bad for Licorice that he probably got packaged a deal out out here, you know, and he didn't didn't have his his own choice most likely uh, on this. Um, but if Palafox and Jose Diodo can work out, Diamond can work like it's a little risky, I will say, but it de- does feel like a, a good mix of one of those newer talent ones because outside Licorice and the AD carry position, most of these people would be new to LCS fans. And they should. They they all have a little bit of history in Academy of doing well, or Jose Diodo at Worlds and and stuff. I I will say this roster I'm really excited about. I'm very curious, but especially if they can get Johnson, I'm really excited to see how it does because I think it is. First off, the Jose Diodo thing. I need to go back and retweet whatever I saw him pop off at Worlds. And I was like, oh man, somewhere an LCS team or all the LCS team on you, you and Tyler. Beyond, we're both all yes. over Jose Diodo as yes. soon as he played well once. And, and so this is uh, this is fun to sort of see. You know, I think that world's performance is what did it. I doubt that he shows up in North America without that oh, world's yeah. performance. So good for him. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. I think the, the team is, is, is really good. Um, like, we, we need to find out AD carry because I think that makes a huge difference. Um, but, like, Diamond's a great support. And I think, like, being put in, being paired up well... Uh, is going to do well for him. Palafox. Now, it, people, once again, need to recognize that, like, the mid lane pool, I felt like in Academy was really strong. Um, I always felt like 
from like the top half of academy mid laners could just be plopped into an lcs roster and they would do really well so like so for palafox who i thought was a great um i was gonna say assassin player he's able to play anything uh he just kind of for me he stood out as a player who could really play well on sidelines like he could bring that his leblanc was great um um akali was another great pick for him like this is a roster that I think will work really well for the team, especially since people were really high on Insanity. Just as a rem reminder, when Insanity was playing in Academy, I felt as though, like, yeah, Palafox was, you know, was, was definitely the better player of the two. Um, you know, it, people were kind of... I was thinking Insanity as, like, more of a... Like, a, he was maybe top five, but there were three to four players that I had higher than Insanity. Um, so for me, Palafox, for sure, great pickup. Licorice insane pickup like i think they have a team that can actually start well for the first few weeks the only question mark is jose diodo because everyone's excited for him remember like uh, my biggest issue for the, for the team was that i felt like that team didn't know how to fucking play the game <laughs> like, the <laughs> of thing. like they were so reliant on jose diodo's mechanics and like not being able to play the map isn't just a, like a five. It's also on, uh, dependent on the jungler. So this is on Jose Diodo to come into this team and now kind of learn from the coaching staff and the players around him, like how he should be playing the map consistently. So he's insanely good mechanically, but um, that's the only question mark I would have, uh, how, they, how well they would play in the first few weeks. I got to throw something out here too. When During the scouting grounds, when they were drafting their player, FlyQuest, I said... 2020 FlyQuest is dead, and like people, I feel like they like in, got thought I was saying that they were going to be bad next year. I was just meant their lineups dead. Like there's zero remaining players from this year if this all this stuff goes true. So yeah, I think uh, if this works out, I think they would have done a good job doing 100% roster turnover. You know, I don't always think it yeah. goes this well. Um, there's a chance they still fucking bomb. I mean, who knows? Because your point about who's really shot calling on this team, who's leading them. Uh, you know, it's a bunch of, of pretty new new players. Um, you know, there's a chance that Deathly is the second most experienced should should he be the one on there. Um, so that that's still a risk, but I'm this is a lineup of, of a lot of new players that I'd I'd be excited to see them get get a shot. Sounds like the EG show just finished, so welcome everybody to uh my stream. Some people are asking if I'm gonna be leaking anything or reporting anything. I put all my reports and leaks and whatever predictions, et cetera, out on my Twitter and on YouTube um, before free agency even started. So all today has just been fun seeing what other media outlets are uh, corroborating my information. So that's what we're looking at right now on stream is all this stuff. And so far I've yet yep. to be, have conflicting information from any of the other media outlets. I think we're at like 17 out of 17 or something right now. So it feels pretty good. Uh, do not type anything about what you're seeing in Mark's screen right now because it will get you timed out in chat. Um, anyway. There's an alternative word for that. I have to do this to people when they're new new viewers. You have to get timed out once for typing cat in chat, and then and then we'll get on with our lives. Uh, we're 11 subs or 12 subs away from 2,000 subs right now. It's wild. All right, Raz, do you want to recuse yourself from this Golden Guardians conversation, or how do you want to handle it? I guess we could I mean, have, talked you about guys have a conversation and I can just kind of add anything. I'm not going to be the one that leads the conversation. That'd be wild. So Raz, tell me about this golden guardian situation. <laughs> yeah, What's going on here? What are the other three positions? So I can give you my opinion. Yeah. Raz um, is jungle. Raz is AD carry. And Raz is support. <laughs> oh, no, God, and, and arrow is support. 
Okay, so that means Raz just, just confirmed the top and mid positions that I have locked in. Um, yeah, there we go. Okay, so um, Niles and a Blaze Olive is what we have here. Jungle ADC support have fat question marks in it. Uh, I think part of this is because, as we talked about before, they had to re GG had to reset. Uh, is is what I've I've said previously. Everybody go look at their video on their YouTube channel. But Mark, what do you think of of I guess these two players coming up. I mean, Niles straight drafted out of scouting grounds, straight starting LCS next year. I'm um, good. I mean, he'll be raw if people don't know. Like, he's he's not like gonna come out there and most likely dominate out of nowhere. He has he has a thousand plus LP challenger. Uh, he's crushed collegiate uh, Maryville for a little while. I think they Maryville played some of the the amateur tournaments, and I think he struggled a little bit more there. And I, I don't think he's gonna you know suddenly dominate against all these LCS veterans, but he's someone who will have a lot to learn and grow. And, and I don't think he's anywhere near his peak yet. Um, Blaze Olive has been around for a long time uh, in, in the challenger scene and, and Academy. So he's never gotten his shots. Really? He was behind Bjergsen for a long time. And so I'm excited to finally see him in the LCS. Um, you know, and I, I, I think this will be one of those lineups, kind of like what we were talking about with Immortals, kind of like what might be with FlyQuest, where it's a lot more new, younger players who they're going to want to develop. Hopefully they find a veteran or two in there to kind of help be a bit of a, a stabilizing presence. Um, but otherwise, if it's going to be mostly young players who are either brand spanking new or have been in Academy for a while and have not had their, their fair shot yet, I hope that this is their fair shot. And um with what you've been saying about potentially the nba orgs and their cash flow or whatnot um you know it's two birds with one stone if you can get fans excited about new players develop talent and potentially save a buck yeah um and for me to just come in like first of all i'm just gonna put this out there uh message at a blaze olive it's his birthday today just happy, put birthday. happy fucking birthday um for me, I mean, I, I work closely with the Blaze Olive. So, like, if, if this turns out to be true, um, based on, you know, the speculation from Mr. Travis Gafford Industries, um, you know, you have to add the misters, then I, I think, you know, he earns it. Like, he's been incredibly strong in Academy for a long-ass time now. Incredibly flexible as well. He's a great communicator. Like, there's a lot of positives in him that he for sure deserves to be on an LCS position. So, if this is the case, and I and we're seeing, like, what three academy mid laners now in the lcs this is a huge boost and on top of that um you know close my eyes whoever ends up being on the golden guardians roster i have faith in not only because i'm insanely biased but because uh of what they were able to accomplish with a team that people called 10th place last fucking year so <laughs> like that was a big question mark and i and, and i've always been unless if like you know the, I, i'm pretty sure the coaching staff remains the same including their handsome academy coach um but like at the end of the day um the team from working within uh like they've been really good at being able to develop it you know their rosters day to day i always feel like there's insane work focus on like specific uh things about the game and concepts about the game so i think the coaching staff is great and i think uh you know i blaze olive is a fantastic player so I'd love to see people call him a 10th place team again. So, <laughs> you know, let's, right. start, you know let's what? start the narrative up again, guys. I want to hear it. Let's hear I it. I always feel like I end up beefing with, you know, the, the Golden Guardians org. But here I go again, man. Like, Let's do it. 
Come on, that was with Keith that we said that about. Then you guys benched him. It's not like we were saying that for everyone. And who knew CLG was going to be like that? <laughs> yeah, so that was definitely the big factor in them turning into what was a fourth place team in playoffs uh, that beat TSM. Like, yep. I don't know. Uh, Just yep. that one move. That was it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yep. Uh, I just to to Mark, did you get a chance to watch Hunter's video? No. So he he said we will put together the best roster. Uh, I I'm paraphrasing, but something like we're gonna put together the best roster of players you've never heard of. So I'm really curious to see who ends up in these other three spots. But interesting. Raz, if you had to guess, who are some players that we haven't heard of? Oh my god, get out of here. <laughs> uh, okay, we only have a couple minutes before Greeley pops on, so let's get through CLG. Uh, Finn, Broxo, Pobelter, Turtle, which is in yellow right now, and Smoothie. Um, everything for Turtle is in, in green. I'm a little nervous about Smoothie, out. but I'm pretty confident that if Turtle shows up, they'll be running Smoothie. So, what were you saying, Mark? Is Stix A for sure is he's out? Is uh, it like I am, or... I am, I would... Say sticks a out ninety percent. Like I would use the green color for sticks a being out. Okay. I so mean, they this need is one of the, they need an ad. This is one of those rosters that, like, gut gut feeling wise, that I'm looking at. And I'm like, why a little bit? Um, and I know a lot of people flamed Finn for being the important. And here's where I'll stick my neck out for Finn a little bit. Ooh, like, okay, I'm so curious about this. Go ahead, because you were when I said Finn. Okay, I shouldn't say stuff we talk about privately. Continue, no, Mark. No, I mean, I... I no, I, but I, by I, all means. <laughs> the Finn move was not one where I'm, I'm, like, excited about. I'm not excited about Finn, but I'm going to defend him, not the move, okay? Because Finn was is, is a pretty young player. He hasn't been playing for too long. Um, he has a lot of room to grow, I think. And he wasn't, like, straight booty hole trash 10th place EU top, which I think is what a lot of North American fans think of him as. If you just watch playoffs and you just watch Worlds, yes, he struggled. But every fucking North American top gets slammed by international competition. They get slammed at Rift Rivals. They get slammed by Bwipo. They get, like, Licorice got torn apart by Bwipo at Worlds 2018. I mean, he was younger then, but, you know. Uh, Wonder claps us, okay? You know, like, the fact that he struggled against people that NA top struggle against all the time isn't that shocking as a really young new player who was not really the focal point of that team. So, like, I feel bad for Finn, um, you know, coming in and probably getting a lot of hate off this move. And I, I think there's a world where he could end up as being one of the best players on this roster. That said, I don't know why you're bringing him in. I don't know why you, you're importing him unless he's going to be a project player a little bit where you're like, hey, we think this kid will develop, so we'll, we'll bring him over now. I, that seems a little weird to me because, I mean, Europe's the better region, let's be honest. You think he would develop better in Europe if you just wanted to import him when he was actually at his peak or something. I mean, maybe you had to pay more then? I don't know. But then on top of that, like, it's a lot of older players around him. Broxa, Pobelter, Smoothie presumably turtle or what i thought was gonna be sticks a or or whoever you know like it's a lot of old players who who are kind of in like the twilight of their career potentially in like a win now environment that you're bringing finn into and he might be your best player you know like i don't understand is this is this is this roster supposed to compete is it supposed to be developing people like what is this is one of those rosters i look at and i go what is the plan here um yeah, um, pretty much the same. 
I'm I, I uh like Finn. I think Finn's talented. Um, but like once again, kind of going back to, I am now having the expectation that CLG is a tenth place team or like a bottom two team. Like that's an expectation for me. So like now coming into it, I'm not expecting them to win a split or go high in the split. I want them to start developing a talent or a brand, somebody like that they feel like will be a franchise player of the organization. If Finn becomes that, that's great. I don't have that expectation. Um, uh, my expectation would be like, you know, I'm pretty damn sure that fake God is a free agent or like is is open and if that's the case why not get fake god if uh if um fudge by the way before oceania even made the announcement that they were of no more <laughs> that they <laughs> to be clear, i think na made that, the announcement that they were that oceania was no more it was a very fudge, new i don't know Neo made the announcement <laughs> oceania did the whole uh you know <laughs> it's like we are we don't exist anymore and then just like went away either way the point is Fudge was a talent that you could have always gotten, even though he was playing on Cloud Nine. You can always like you know barter for him as a player. Um, they only now ever seeing that like ended up picking Fudge for themselves. Uh, for me, end of the point is they can they should start developing a player to be their franchise. Every single one of these players, except for maybe Poe Belter, um, I look at and say I can see them having a future for this team for this organization that they can build around, um, including so, Turtle. Hmm. I said Poe Belter. No, no, no. I'm just saying, would you say that also about Turtle? Well, I haven't seen... I, I don't know about Turtle. I think that one's... I wouldn't expect Turtle to be a franchise player for for CLG either. Um, yeah, but that's, I mean, that's why we, I asked, because I, I was just surprised with you. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, to hop my final point back on, on yours a little bit with Finn, like, yeah, I, like, that's why I didn't agree with the move, because you can get someone at, around his level now with probably similar potential, because, you, you know... He's probably not too different than Solo, maybe a little better, maybe a little worse than Solo, but like you wouldn't want to import if, if Solo was an EU player, you probably wouldn't be excited to to import him if you're a fan and think that this guy's gonna carry carry your team to new heights or anything like that. So Yeah. Yeah. Like if you if you wanted to develop someone, you could have done a lower risk, cheaper option that didn't use up an import slot potentially in NA with some of the, the people that you were highlighting. So yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just. I just want to start off like just a small point. Um, I think that this for me is not even like the, the largest news that I'm looking forward to because once again, if CLG is trying to build up, um, like back into being a competitor again, like this is great. I want to see them challenged by up and coming players. So I'm actually more interested to in seeing what CLG's academy team would be, because CLG's academy team, even though they had a great ending to the split, were just also equally as bad throughout the full year. Um, and I think if they were to have a strong academy team that can challenge their main team, then that's where, for me, a, a excitement can be generated. I just, I mean, just to echo what you guys were saying, it's so weird to me. I feel like top lane is the the position with just, there's so many top laners to choose from this year with with uh, Fudge coming up, um, it, people, other players getting imported, uh, Golden Guardian supposedly running uh niles like it's just there's so much talent in the top lane so it is it is wild to uh to see that um become like their first pick anyway i just realized at the very beginning of the show i was too distracted to shout out alienware who sponsors us we'll be talking more about them later i don't know why in this moment i remembered it but before <laughs> we get to that break i'm sorry alienware it's been a crazy day please forgive me for i have sinned um before i get to that break we're gonna get uh Greeley on to talk about changes that they are making to the academy system 
um, and the amateur system, basically the whole development of the league. So let's change this up. Rez, I'm going to move you over. Oh, my God. Oh, which box am I taking? Better be the bigger box. You're Kelsey I Moser. I don't know why Kelsey has a tag on here. Uh, let me fix that. Hello, my name is Kelsey Moser. I don't know and if that's I accurate. Oh, so you're saying, oh, no. So you decided that you're just going to throw another Golden Guardians uh, member on towards 100 Thieves, huh? Is that what you're trying to do? <laughs> what? Stop it. Yeah, Raz. Yeah, Raz oh, you're headed to head head development thieves. for uh, 100 Thieves. You just okay. forgot to. Uh, we're going to drag Greeley in. Hello, Chris Greeley. Hello, Chris Greeley. Here we go. Yo. Um, I am going to call you on Skype now. Please mute immediately when you answer. You can have an echoing voice, the sound of God. I think that's appropriate. Uh, He's the commish. I don't know if that would work. Um, really, can you, if you have me on, on Skype, can you message me? Aha, there we go. Thank you. So for everyone that is hearing this right now and wondering what's happening with this scuff production, um, we are being joined right now by... Chris Greeley, who is the commissioner of the LCS, uh, who I don't know, Chris, uh, what is today like for you? Is it, is it actually hectic? Is it wild? Do you have like a whole lot of paperwork coming in from other people or like, how does this work? Uh, so did I unmute myself here? You're, yeah, actually you're good. Yeah. You're good. Uh, so probably like a year ago, I turned over most of competitive operations, um, to uh to someone else so he's had a, a really busy day uh i've had uh the occasional question from him or from a team uh but it is uh much more hectic for for him than it is for me Got yes it. tim rocking the boo in twitch chat that's amazing yeah all right love the booze yeah, in twitch chat i'm glad to see it, it's caught on a little bit you yeah, want to get good. booed this is a thing i mean i know mark loves to do it but I, be- I i find it super entertaining I don't think anyone wants to be booed, but I, I find the I find the whole thing. Really I feel funny. like this is probably the best context with which one could get booed is a as a tradition versus an actual indictment of of your your work. I don't know. So yeah, yeah. I, I think it's an endorsement of my work, right? You you boo the commissioner, right? So it's an acknowledgement of your your power and position. Yeah, <laughs> at least an acknowledgement of my position. And since <laughs> since we last talked, you have a new back. You you're using a program to give yourself a new backdrop, which I like. That's quite good. I where, use Skype. Where are you pretending you are? That is the streaming room at uh, at the LCS building. Okay, that's where I did the draft from this weekend. So I took a picture on my way out. Very smart. <laughs> now go. you and now you know you never need to go back. Uh, okay, so what? First off, before we get into the the changes, do you have any anything today that you think is interesting? I don't know how comfortable you are talking about any of this stuff, but I'm just kind of curious, like. Any surprises today? Any interesting re- reactions to the stuff that is sort of flying around? Uh, no, no reactions whatsoever. Okay. Totally, totally not my place to have any reactions to what's going on. What's the highest contract that you saw today? <laughs> I see. I haven't seen an, a single contract today. Oh. Uh, yeah. So Juan Garcia, makes it easy to answer that question. Juan Garcia just completely stoned. Walked by Greeley's house earlier. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So let's let's talk about some changes that are happening to the the esports ecosystem, Greeley, because people have been demanding change on the development side, and it sounds like you guys are going to give them 
that i'm also really curious to hear what your elevator pitch of is up for this very very complicated system that took an hour for it to be explained to me so i'm curious how well you can break it down very quickly Sure. We're going to cut the number of academy games in half. We're going to make it so that academy teams can play against amateur teams. We're going to make it so that LCS teams can have amateur teams if they want to. And instead of having the academy playoffs and finals, we're going to run a tournament. Uh, uh, the Proving Grounds, uh, I think, is the, the name we ended up on. Uh, that'll run essentially at the same time as the EU Masters between the finals and the next international event. That will crown a champion between the academy teams and the amateur teams. How was that? That's pretty good. The way that right. I have the way that I have pitched it after learning about it is I go backwards. So you start with academy. I start with the most important thing right now or next year in this new system is there is there are two tournaments called proving grounds, proving grounds, whatever, in spring and summer. Your goal is to win this. If you are yep. an academy or an amateur, uh, if you the way you get to it is by placing top six in academy. Am I correct in that? Uh, yep. Or by getting into in through a tier one tournament, uh, the tier one tournament tier one tournaments. There's several of them each split, and they will involve the bottom. You can you can place bottom four. You can be one of the, the worst four teams in academy, and you can enter into. That's how you qualify for tier one tournaments. Or you can come in through tier two tournaments, which are an academy or an amateur system. So you can qualify in. You can do well in these tier one tournaments. They get you into proving grounds. Am I correct? Uh, I think tier two tournaments qualify you into tier one tournaments. Yeah, that's what I thought I said. Yeah, so if you're an amateur team, you qualify for tier one through tier two, and then can qualify to proving grounds for tier one. Other than and and you may have said that, and I just I just didn't hear you sure. correctly. Uh, but yeah, I mean that is that is not the elevator pitch, but that is certainly the a more detailed description than what I provided. Okay, I, I think like I better. think we did it in about similar times. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So what what is the reasoning behind all this? Like, what is the goal? Why did you guys approach it this way, et cetera? Yeah, so uh, I think the academy system just has turned into a, an extended bench for the LCS. And while there are certainly some players who were being developed uh, in that system, and I, you know, I'm sure you can come up with a handful of examples, like Blabber always jumps right to mind, right? Came from scouting grounds through academy and into into cloud nine and, you know, sat on stage at worlds, like always a good success story there. You know, we weren't, we weren't seeing a ton of mobility. We weren't seeing kind of the large player numbers coming out of our developmental system that you see, you know, in, in other regions like, uh, like Korea or Europe, uh, for instance. So we wanted to create something that um, provided more incentive for uh, amateur uh, team owners, tournament organizers, amateur players, and LCS orgs uh, to scout and develop talent. We also wanted to provide a system where uh, amateur players had something something better to aspire to. Right, right now, it's like, hey, I'm going to we'll look at that. Uh, I'm going to grind out a bunch of solo queue uh, and hope that I play against an academy player or an LCS player that happens to mention me to a coach. Uh, and maybe that coach takes a look at me, takes a look at me, and thinks I'm pretty good. Uh, and maybe I, I get a tryout. But that's not a, a great aspirational path to pro. Um, I, I think also, you know, one of the things we've we've talked to a, a ton of uh, amateur orgs and players and some folks in the college scene and uh, a bunch of people in our scene that are, are really passionate about developing talent is that the best way to develop and uh, scout talent is to play more competitive games against better people. So in a world where 
we can uh, put uh, a bunch of amateur teams uh, onto our tournament realm so that they can scrim against academy and, and potentially LCS teams. Uh, like that not only provides a, a better system for amateur players to develop because now they're playing a higher uh, higher caliber of competition than they might otherwise have access to, but it gives coaches a better opportunity to see like, all right, this amateur mid laner dumpstered my academy mid laner. Like they must be pretty good, right? Watching watching a bunch of people who are kind of uh, in the same tier play against each other. Sometimes you don't get a great assessment of how good or how bad somebody is. Uh, we're going to take maybe two calls before you leave. Just kind of ask, have questions on this, but we'll, this is a quick one. RMK456 in the chat says, question for you. What do Academy teams do from the end of February to end of March if they are top six and they directly qualify into the Proving Grounds tournament? So they can still um, they can still play in some in some amateur tournaments. We expect that they'll spend some time scrimming um, and you know uh, working on their game. Okay. Th this is not, like I'll, I will very much stress that we're kind of building parts of the plane in the air. We want to see how some of this works. Uh, we have a, an amateur committee uh, that's uh, some folks from the league and then a bunch of team side folks, and we have meetings. There's a meeting scheduled in December and one in late. January 1 and mid-February so that we can kind of look over the way that the system is playing out, uh, identify problems hopefully as early as we can and, and try to make some shifts so that it's not one of those things where we put it, you know, put the car on the road and then watch it for a year and then next September figure out how do we fix this for the future. We want to make as many iterative changes as we can uh, to make sure that you know, summer works out better than spring and, and so on and so forth. Mark, are you awake? Are you alive? Yeah, I'm listening. Okay. I tend to have really bad eye contact. Um, the nerd start. problem. What do you yeah. uh, what do you what do you make of all this, Mark? I mean, I assume you've you've heard of this previously. I mean, this got announced a couple of days ago. And by the way, for anybody listening to the podcast, we had a graphic up on the on the screen that you can go find at lawesports.com. But sorry, Mark. What do you, what do you think? Uh, I'm excited for it. I mean, I think especially what what Greeley was saying about the different tiers of play getting to interact is definitely one of the things that I miss the most from the challenger scene um you know being able to see people on the come up i also miss being able to see um the the cloud nine story the the five Dom guys story. in a dream yep five guys in a dream who just they all click together and they fucking take the scene by storm you know like i don't know if if you know this will ever because it's not like the winning proven grounds directly sees you into academy or something like that it's not like anyone has to sign all five players but i hope to at least see some stuff um that is along those lines of of players who who make the run and and really explode onto the scene whereas right now it does feel pretty slow like i don't even know who's like the most explosive career growth that we've seen in na like probably blabber maybe or tactical or maybe I guess like he but even he was in challenger for a while you know tactical had been in academy for for a hot minute you know um so I'm excited to see what what, what the future can hold um with with this with this system yeah um I think we've been sorely missing kind of this system since like IPL6 around that situation where uh we moved towards a more closed system and I think this really benefits um the scene 
not only just from a player standpoint, because now you're having amateur players that you, I know we're talking about visibility, but I'm more so talking about having real development where amateur players are actually playing against better teams um, and now are getting actual funding because as uh, really mentioned, like there's going to be an incentive now for LCS teams to not just own, I mean, they have to own an academy team, but like owning an um, amateur team. There are more teams that are doing this now. So the, this actually actively helps not only just the players themselves, but now you're going to have actual staffing and everything for the, for the um, like top down. So that's one aspect of it. It helps players quite a bit. It helps coaching staffs that want to grow up and, you know, kind of having a way into the scene and it also helps commentary and amateur tournaments, because what's the purpose of watching those tournaments? And I'm just talking about it from a viewership, uh, a viewer, a, a basic viewer standpoint, right. Um, of watching that kind of tournament when there's no real stakes on the line and, um, and all that it feels like and also like uh, the, those commentators don't really it, feel, it doesn't feel like they get much of an opportunity where i would imagine now you're going to be seeing an influx of viewership in these streams because people are going to be wanting to see uh you know golden guardians academy or tsm or c9 academy versus the c9 amateur team something like that i, I think that actually means so much to uh players upcoming commentators, upcoming coaches, like these kind of things, are, I think really helps the scene. It existed in Europe, it exists in uh, China, and, uh, and it's nice to see that really, you know, popping back up and getting incentivized in North America. So Mark is, I think, pulling a couple people right now, so we'll have two callers, but uh, Greeley, one thing that, um, so I, I got like the full brief on it. People that wanna go read every aspect of this can go do so on the Lolly Sports website right now. They have an article uh, up titled 2021 amateur ecosystem updates. The one thing that I saw in all this that I was a little nervous about, which I would love for you to make me feel better about, um, in talking with Riot, uh, one of the questions that I asked was, how are these tier one, tier two tournaments formed and how, how do licenses and stuff get um, sent out? My understanding is that you guys are charging licenses for tier one tournaments. And I'm a little nervous because Academy already does not get massive viewership, at least in comparison to the LCS. Tier one tournaments, I assume, will be less viewership. So is is there a world, you know, I guess for me, I look at that as like, if you guys are charging people to run these tier one tournaments, that is like a disincentive to run these things rather than an incentive. Does that make sense? It does, and it really, um, I think the magic question is how much do they cost? Uh, and I don't have an answer for you as I sit here, but I can tell you it's not, you know, we're not talking $50,000 to run an amateur tournament. The idea here is that the folks who come along and have an uh, ability to monetize those tournaments are usually the ones who have better uh, caster relationships, better like a broadcast relationships. So the hope is that we will have, and, and we know that there's, we've talked to enough folks between LCS teams, LCS sponsors, and kind of some other interested folks in the scene that will have more applications um, than we will tier one spots. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's part of the reason for charging even a nominal fee for it, right, is to like start to separate that out a little bit. Uh, but we'll, you know, how we want, good, good, Mark. Oh, I was going to ask, um, does that mean that like someone like Travis could, uh, could Travis run a tournament? Uh, you know, is, is he, has he have enough integrity? Do you think to, to make it? Well, why are we making this about integrity? Problem? Yeah. Yeah. Money, I, mean, I, assume, integrity question. 
Uh, I, I mean, I don't know what the but process could community is for, figures run it. I like, think is a fair Travis question. Or, or Tyler one be like, Hey, I'm a, I'm a run one of these tournaments. Like, is that, would that even be a possibility? Cause I feel like that would get quite a bit of hype. Yeah. Look, we're going to, um, this isn't, this isn't, um, strictly a money thing for us. Uh, it's, it's actually not primarily a money thing for us. Um, we're going to take every application and look for stuff that's interesting, right? If our goal is to create, uh, a buzz and to generate viewership and to generate attention uh, on the ecosystem and on the players. There's no world in which we, you know, this isn't going to be a thing that's like, all right, let's just take the top three LCS sponsors. And those are the three folks that are going to get to run a tournament and everybody else can wait in line. Uh, but we haven't formalized, uh, formalized the process, but things that are interesting, we'll certainly take a look at. So if Tyler one uh, wants to come run an amateur tournament, like dude, grab the link off the, off the article and, and send it in. And like, let's have that discussion. Yeah. All right. Uh, you want to grab our first caller, Mark? Sure. Okay. Uh, off Mark goes to grab our first caller. We've got so many subs. I'm sorry I can't get to all of you. Um, I'm going to do my best. Oh, boy. I need to pull this up. I don't even have there even we go. time to do this. People have been so generous tonight. I mean, we've got great viewership. Fantastic. Uh, thank you yeah. again, Greeley, for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, I'm, I'm glad this is not a crazy day for you. It's been an insane day for me. So. Well, you're like, uh, you're just trying to uh, fill in for Jacob Wolf now. I've seen you breaking a bunch of rumors over the last couple of days, trying to make sure Jacob can't find a new job. I mean, yeah, that's that's my goal. I think he's found a job at EG, I guess, is, is seemingly how, how today has gone. Tom Shu is here. Tom, where are you calling from? Hey, guys. I'm back. How y'all doing? Uh, I'm calling long, from... Long time uh, no here. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm sure of that. Uh, from uh, Washington, D.C. Nice. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, great. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the academy system we have, uh, uh, you know, being established right now. Uh, I think almost pretty much everything is great. A uh, hand clap to pretty much everyone who was responsible for putting the whole thing together. But I think one interesting part that people may not know about is exactly how contracts are supposed to work in amateur. Um, I believe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that uh, they are supposed to run for only one year, and each year, each amateur players uh, won't will have the option to uh, sign to like uh, basically test free agency every single year, and like teams won't have the opportunity to re-sign their players until they test free agency first. And now, what makes this interesting is that. It's, it's like now we're trying to uh, think about it from the team's perspective. Like you see this good person in amateur that you really want to try out and like you have this person, you want to have this person for like multiple years because you think they're the real deal. But it's like now they, you have to invest in them and then run the risk of them, you know, being poached by another team before you actually get the chance to, you know, uh, develop them for the most part. Um, it, it seems like it's a, a really weird balance between trying to ensure player mobility, which is kind of a, a big deal, like one thing people were kind of complaining about um, when Academy was here, because, you know, with all the C9 bias, versus trying to protect uh, the investment of the team into that player. And I kind of wanted to think, what was your uh thoughts on that change because yeah it seems like it's a little, a little yeah, how do you how do you name. balance the mobility of the players with the desire for teams to actually invest into them 
Yeah, it's one of the one of the harder problems we faced in the system because the problem is if you give too many protections uh, to a team, uh, an LCS team operating at the amateur level, all you've now done is require every LCS team to have an amateur team, right? Because now if if I'm, um, let's pick a team. If I'm 100 Thieves, right, I'll take the first team in alphabetical order. If I'm 100 Thieves and I'm running an amateur team, uh, I can now lock up talent uh, at the amateur level, put them in a long-term contract and essentially keep them siloed in the system. And if I'm really good at developing talent, uh, I can stack my amateur team, stack my academy team, and you don't have the ability for those players to move out to other teams where there may be openings. Um, on the flip side, if you don't provide enough uh, enough protection for teams, then they have no incentive at all to move down into the amateur scene. And finding that balance between making it mandatory and making it attractive is, is the balance that we spend a lot of time trying to strike. Um, where we wound up, so Tom, you're right. Um, if I'm an amateur player, uh, anyone wants to sign me, I play support. Um, Zy remain. Uh, so it, uh, you get signed on an amateur contract. That amateur contract uh, has to expire. I think the date this year will be November 5th, um, but it's somewhere right around the beginning of November. Uh, that's a Friday. Three days later uh, is going to be the amateur start of amateur free agency. And then a week later will be the start of formal free agency. Um, so, okay. so you've got three days as an amateur player where you're not, there's no poaching protection and you can have conversations with teams. The only caveat to that is if you played on an amateur team that was associated with an LCS team. So if I'm on 100, if, if um, John Robinson or, or Papa Smithy calls me up tomorrow and signs me to 100 Next as their support, when my amateur contract runs out, uh, if I get an offer from someone else, and I'm, I'm assuming I would get seven or eight other offers to move up to the academy level, um, 100 Thieves would have the opportunity to match the level and the economic terms for one year. So if, um, all right, so next team in alphabetical order, uh, if Jack called me up from Cloud9 and said, hey, I'm going to pay you 400 grand a year to come be my academy support, uh, Papa Smithy would have the opportunity to match that deal, but it can only last one year. So if I'm stuck on an org I don't want to be on, I still get to move up to the academy level. I still get paid. Uh, but I have like the org has another year to work with me and develop me and hopefully and like bring me into the system. But I'm not going to get locked into playing an academy uh, for the long term if I have the skills to move up to the LCS level, which obviously I would. Obviously, I have a question, would. I have a question to this. Um, so that's great. I, I actually like the, that uh, from an academy level, or at least like the LCS teams that own an amateur team. Uh, but what about the amateur organizations now that will be kind of being able to play in approving grounds? Do they come to those same limitations? Like, for instance, if I'm Mr. Bobby and I'm now in a mid laner for a, a random uh, amateur team, but I'm locked up in a basically a toilet paper contract, like what what is is there any protection for that? Because they're not a part of that system. So if you're playing in uh, tier one or tier two uh, as an amateur team, you'll register yeah. that team with Riot. Uh, will provide, you'll do some minimal paperwork. You'll show us that you uh, are following the, the rules that we publish for amateur teams. Uh, and you'll have poaching protection uh, the same way that an LCS amateur org would until that November 5th date when all, all amateur contracts are, that are in the tier one, tier two system are required to expire. Like so if, uh, if an LCS team comes along and wants to, wants to take one of your players, um, we, we have a, a system we've set up uh, where LCS teams, when you bring up somebody who's never been on the global contract database before from the amateur system, you'll pay a registration fee. 
uh, and then we'll pool those registration fees and we'll pay them back to the teams that help develop the players up to a maximum of, I think it's $5,000 per player. So if you're high and you're running Radiance uh, and you get five of your guys picked up, you're looking at a maximum $25,000, depending on how many people came up from amateur. The pool could obviously be much smaller. He could get smaller payouts. Um, you can, uh, and those amateur teams will still be in a position uh, to, to um, sell their players before the uh, summer roster lock for buyouts. So there'll be a couple different ways for amateur teams to um, kind of sustain the development and scouting of players. There'll be a couple different ways for LCS teams to acquire players. And hopefully there'll be a lot of routes for amateur players to move up through the system uh, and then, you know, go lift that Summoner's Cup for us in a, in a year or two. So uh, that, that's... Oh, go ahead. Mark. So that sounds interesting that like if I'm a team and I know I'm sitting on hot talent and I have, you know, this $5,000 thing, it, it's it's in my favor to to try and find the buyout that the player is probably going to end up going with anyways then, right? If I understood that correctly, like um, if they're going to get 5000 maximum, but you can get more from a buyout yep, for before sure. you reach that. Yeah, okay. But you have to you have to do it before summer lock. So, right. yeah. So obviously, Pop would probably have me on the market, you know, twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars buy. You play one game, everyone's like, "How do I get my hands on this guy?" Yeah, I didn't know guys over forty could uh, could be that good, but here I am, man. I'm breaking all right, the, all breaking right. the let's, stereotypes. Let's, <laughs> let's get this together, Tom. Do you have a? We have to move quickly to the other caller, but I don't know if you have any follow up or any quick thoughts on what you just heard. Uh, no, I think uh, I sort of get the idea. It's more of like a restricted free agency kind of thing, where you know you can match the offer, and I think that's kind of the idea you're going for. Yeah, something like. Yeah. Okay, Very good. good. Well, hey, thanks, Tom. Is there anything you want to say before we uh, move on to the next caller? Yeah, can I give a quick shout out to myself? Because like about <laughs> ten days before, ten like about a year, ten days before a year ago, I was on the same call, basically ragging on one hundred thieves because they ended up signing Ryoma instead of Demonte, and look what they are doing right now. So can I just say that I won as usual? And oh, we, yeah, 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 I remember. And yeah. uh, we need Yasui and LCS, as usual. All right, that's it for me. <laughs> Goodbye. Yes. All right, he's not going to win that one. <laughs> All right, uh, you want to grab the next caller, Mark? Yeah, sure. Okay. We, we're allowed to shout ourselves out. If yes. I would have known that, I would have. I mean, I'd come on Hotline League a lot more often. This is all, it's just a big self-promotional thing. Uh, thank you to... Smoke Dog for 20 months. Easy, stay safe. 100 Talk Pod hosted us with one viewer. Thank you. Very generous. Uh, Larrikin for a three. Uh, Lucasio, Grayson Agotham, uh, Lit Drummer Boy, Max Drixton, Vindictus, uh, Quaz Quaz for 20, and Yeshua. We'll get to more of those in a second. But we're joined right now by LNA. LNA, where are you calling from? Hey, Chrome calling from San Antonio, Texas. San Antonio, Texas. What do you want to talk about? So there's been a lot of exciting news about the uh, sort of league side and how we're formatting all the games and stuff. I think that's awesome. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about the actual viewership experience. A uh, little background. Before being in San Antonio, I was in Orange County and went to a few games in person. And, uh, you know, the broadcast is polished. The games are polished. It's great. But there's not much going on for the actual viewers. Um, and I think the same could be said for the online viewership experience. Uh, so really, this is kind of a, a question to the league of what's coming next. Are we going to get a more interactive online viewership, maybe an MMO type of thing that's going to open up opportunities for uh, teams to, you know, 
I don't know, maybe invest more, maybe merchandise, uh, basically just give give us plebs here a little bit more of an opportunity to engage. Um, and uh, I don't know, maybe maybe there's some more merchandising and uh, um, impressions to be made on this. And and for people who are, you know, when you say MMO, I think it, it, it confused some people. When you say MMO, you mean more kind of like the um, virtual reality sort of. Like a digital seating. space. A digital, yeah. Like, like you know, maybe guy online type of thing or, you know, yeah, like a digital VR space. Right. Yeah. Um, so not planning a digital VR space, uh, although that would be cool. We talked about that a lot around uh, summer finals this year and realized that, like, we don't have Fortnite's engine. Um, so anything we, we did um, probably would have been janky at best. Um, it's funny. It's, it's funny you mentioned MMO. Um, we have a, a partnership with a company called Green Park Sports. Are you about um, to announce Riot's MMO? Is it finally? No, no, no. Oh, okay. no. I, I was like, let me let me stop the joke like right in the beginning. Right, <laughs> I've seen I've seen people get into those issues. By the way, the Captain Flowers is is fucking amazing. Um, so um, so Green Park Sports is a, a fan engagement platform. Um, we had a press release come out last year, which is the like how I know I can talk about it. Uh, but it's a fan engagement platform. You can do um, some picks on there. You'll have an avatar. There's some digital merch. Um, that should be it. Should be super cool. Uh, we've also got a uh, we've we've got another kind of digital um, thing we're we're working on, but we're not uh, not at a point yet where we're ready to announce it. Uh, but yeah, man, we want to make um, we want to give people a reason to engage past just just the storylines and and amazing uh, analysts like Mark Z. Uh, we want, uh, you know, we kind of want there to be something to do uh, and something to do with your friends. So, like, there's a bunch of fantasy game options out there um, that are neat. And I know uh, some folks have jumped in on. We obviously used to run the LCS fantasy as well. Um, but we're looking more for those kind of experiences rather than the, like, uh, virtual human kind of, like, Roblox thing. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Raz's face was my face there, too. So 2021, we're getting a, a sort of virtual experience. Uh, a sort of virtual experience. Sure, I'll go with that. Okay, uh, go Google Green Park Sports. Um, I don't know what's actually public about them, but uh, we'll have some more more stuff on them coming soon. People awesome. can use the leak emote in the chat right now. Thank you, LNA, for the uh, call, which I literally thought was like very random, and yet ended up getting some good information out of Greeley that I did not nice. expect. Yeah. You're very good at this. Uh, Anything you want to shout out? Alienware. What's that? Shout out to Alienware. Oh, thank you very much. I have a good one. All right. You did worry me enough that I had to Google Green Park Sports and LCS to make sure it was actually announced. So Is that's it? that's at least good. Yeah, yeah, we announced it back in January. They've been doing they've been doing a lot of alpha stuff. How did I miss this? You guys didn't send me a thing. Maybe not. It was um <laughs> Yeah, maybe not. Well, there was no there was no public product, right? So sending it to you and then having you talk about it and then everyone turns around and says, "Well, where is the thing?" um makes it kind of tough, but okay. um yeah. I well, feel like Yearly, we also bug you about fantasy, and I know you, you slipped it in a little bit there. Did I? Maybe, maybe I missed it. Is there? Do we have an update on on fantasy or or no? So I mean, I remind people all the time that there are a ton of fantasy games uh, out there. Um, a lot of fantasy LC. Dude, the the flowers Draft nodding stuff. is 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 absolutely so spot on. At times, I'll say something, and then I just see his head nodding. Yeah. Um, whether or not the LCS uh, has an official fantasy partner for 2021, still still an open question. 
I would like to shout out DraftBuff, who does not sponsor this show, but has sponsored me in the past, is making an amazing fantasy product. Um, I mean, flowers of grease. Anyway, <laughs> podcast listeners, sorry, I have decided to eat because I've been streaming for five and a half hours. Kobe was nice enough to go get me food. I don't want to see people. Five people hours? You're a regular streamer, Travis. Five hours is nothing for a regular streamer. <laughs> it's like I've been streaming about half the time that you're supposed to like wait between meals, you know, so I have to eat now. Holy <laughs> <laughs> shit. I love you, Travis. <laughs> it's been a very busy day. Uh, free agency is like, I'm going to work very long hours. I've been chasing rumors since Travis, this morning. If you're not live for content. me to view you doing work, I, I don't believe that you're working. I, if I can't see it, then it's not happening. I'm like a child. I don't have object permanency. I, don't, I can't believe it. <clears throat> we have Chris Greeley on right now. Maybe we should focus on any anything related <laughs> to that. I, I'm super curious. So the chat chat's calling um, Travis a boomer for needing to keep his blood sugar up, which is hysterical. What is the what is the is there a, a, a widely accepted age cutoff for boomer, or is it more of like when you do shit like turn off your cam so that you can eat after five hours of streaming, you qualify like can you you qualify by action or age? I think I, us? I think I think action. Yeah, the action. the I, boomer is different than baby boomer. I think baby boomer is a generation, but a boomer is a lifestyle. I mean, I know what the hell boomer means. Like, I understand the difference between baby boomer and boomer. Right, like, but I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's like boomers not doesn't have an age cutoff. Right. You know, the amount Fair. of time I've struggled with Discord is definitely boomer. Can you guys keep, ta <laughs> go, keep talking while I go get a bottle opener for this soda. Ask a question. <laughs> All right. Oh no. Um, Mr. Greeley, what's up? Uh, I actually don't really have a, a question ready to go. If anyone wants to post one in in Twitch chat or Discord, I'll try and I'll try and find another person because I think Travis thought that the two calls that I pulled were going to last longer. Um, so I'll still I'll still be hovering between these. Um, I want to I just want to I want to I want to shout out Pop, Papa Smithy who I see in the Twitch chat uh, after I name dropped him a bunch. I, I am waiting on that contract um to come through for for solo queue uh for my solo queue performance uh also uh derek dennis right ice chest for uh, all of his work on the amateur and academy system he gets uh very little credit for a lot of hard work for sure. uh, there we go there are my plugs i have i have one question uh, the mobility between academy to amateur is something that i'm interested in like if if a player is moving from academy with let's just say a three year contract and he's moving to an amateur setting, that means that they would have to reformat their contract, correct, to make it so that it, they that fit they fit that one one year um, term. So it's a little different if you're on the the global contract database because at that point you're being paid an academy minimum salary, which is like close to federal minimum wage. So it's like fifty five grand. Yeah. So we're we're like a we're a little less concerned. We are looking at some um, mobility rules that. Uh, after two years on the same academy team, uh, there's a chance you the team loses poaching protection for you. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you have played, I, I don't I don't want to start misquoting the the rule because I haven't looked at it in a while. But uh, basically, if you're making less than the LCS minimum uh, and you've played like a less than a certain number of of LCS games, right? If a team's moving you up and moving you back, right? That's one thing. Um, but we want to make sure that there are players who are just kind of being left to die uh, in academy because. Yeah you know, buyout fees and things like that. So we want, we want them to be able to shift over. Okay. Cool. Um, so I got, okay, I, have, Mark. 
a couple of questions. One of the most ob uh, common ones, though I doubt you'll be able to say anything, but I'll give you the chance to say that, is LCS format. What's going on? Travis has leaked it already. Um, but, you know, I think people are, are waiting. I, I don't think official Let's just pretend word. I'm still AFK um, for this part. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, so uh, I don't have anything prepared to share right now. Um, but, you know, we always announce, like last year, we announced summer playoff, spring and summer playoff changes before the season. So if there are format changes coming, I am sure there will be an announcement coming. I think your official <laughs> statement you provided me was, we're always taking feedback from the community and the industry to see what works best. And uh, we are excited for what we have planned for 2021. Something like that. We just yeah, I mean, that, that's, that sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> So here's another quick one. Uh, Red Factor Three in Discord. Sorry, I'm not. I'm not pulling you. Uh, I'm just stealing your question. Um, but he asked, "Will OSH teams be able to participate in the new Am uh, Academy Amateur format?" Um, or, and then uh, a small follow-up is like, "What are there any insurances to make sure that the OSH team just doesn't like fall apart?" Um, even though I assume that there'd be lag issues. You know, like, is there anything that's preventing them from from participating? No, there's nothing that would, so yeah, well, I'll answer both questions. There's nothing that would stop them from participating. Lag's obviously an issue. It's something that like from an organized uh, kind of talent pipeline, uh, we haven't prioritized because of COVID. Like no one's coming over in the next six months for amateur competition, at least. Um, we've had some initial discussions on um, how do we integrate OS players better in the amateur system in summer? Um, what does scouting grounds look like uh, in this new world? Right? Should there be spots for for OS players um, that are carved out, or you know, how do we how do we integrate them? A um, lot more questions than we have answers right now. We're a lot more focused on standing up all of uh, all of our new systems for the beginning of the season. But once that's done, uh, we'll we'll turn to that. Uh, in terms of OS, we're still having. Um, conversations with a with a bunch of folks in that ecosystem uh, about what competitive League of Legends looks like, uh, even as soon as as the beginning of 2021. Um, a lot of questions to be answered there, but we don't you know we don't want to just kind of um, walk away from from all competition there. So we're doing our best to uh, work with the folks who are on the ground there to to help them put something back together. All right, uh, I have one question though. Um, this is a question coming in from Vienna in the chat. Is like, will right? Um, are they planning on capping buyout for players? Yeah, I, I was about to get there. There's also a lot in general about LCS salary caps. I know we hit that one pretty frequently, and why it's not a thing right now. But the cap on buyout is is a new question that I'm, I'm very interested. And in. And we'll we'll make this well. last question for Greeley because Greeley was told to come on the show to talk about the academy and amateur changes, and now we have oh uh, sorry I didn't know stolen it his a... his time to talk about these other things. But no, all good. Um, wait, what was the question? Sorry. Mm. So the general, was, there's a lot of questions answer, coming in about buyouts because buyouts have, oh, yeah. Yeah, we've yeah. heard them skyrocket. Rumors are that these are in the millions frequently, sometimes like a multiple, like 5X over salaries. Base so salary, yeah. I'm kind of yeah. curious, is this something you guys talk about internally? Is it something you consider? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we, we talk about it a lot. Um, we talk about it with teams a lot. We talk about how out of control it is with teams that are paying those buyout fees as well as teams that are charging those buyout fees. Um, the problem is that when one person moves in the space, uh, everybody has to move or you, you get left behind. Uh, there are issues around capping buyout fees based on U.S. antitrust law um, and you know being anti-competitive. Uh, and uh, so we, we always, I mean, that's the 
It's the issue that we have that a lot of traditional sports don't have because they have a collective bargaining unit that they can negotiate with. Um, so it's the same reason that we can't have a hard salary cap. You can't tell teams you can't spend more than $4 million on your on your salary, and it's and that's what it's locked at, and it changes based on league revenue. Uh, but we're talking a lot about um, – you know what a luxury tax system could look like. Um, it's a it's a soft system. You're allowed to spend through it. You just get penalized for it. Um, and, and really trying to have some conversations with the with the lawyers to figure out like what's cool and and what's you know ultimately you know it, it goes further than the desire to just not be sued. Um, uh, <laughs> but like we we don't want to do things that are are genuinely anti-competitive that you know uh, distort the marketplace or uh, restrain. Uh, a player's ability to play um, kind of at the highest price they can, you know, from a, a willing willing buyer. At the same time, you worry about um, salaries spiraling out of control. I think, like, you see that a lot. I mean, that was that was the story of Major League Baseball, um, you know, probably still now because I haven't followed it in a while. But for, you know, 10, 15 years, everybody who came on the market wanted to have the biggest contract in history. So it went from 10 million a year to 12 million a year to 15 million, and it's and it and it's kept climbing. Um, so I'm not I'm not sure where uh, LCS salaries are going. I don't know um, ultimately what will uh, kind of slow the market down. And like you know, if I'm a player, I certainly don't want the market slowed down. Right. Uh, and if I'm a team, you know, I worry that in order to get top tier talent um, on my team and keep my fans and keep my sponsors, that I'm going to have to spend more and more, even if that spending uh, kind of outstrips not only revenue in hand but like the potential for revenue. Right. There, like there is a point where if you're a, an LCS team doing a couple million dollars in sponsorship and taking your league rev share, that like you can outspend that pretty easily, even even in today's market, if you're trying to build the the super team. So you know those are those are all concerns, right? The, a sport can't be sustainable if the teams inside of it, you know, can't can't pay the bills and um, and also pay players at the same time and stay competitive. League of Legends is not not football or baseball where you have uh, fans who live in a city who are going to follow the team even when it's terrible. Like you see a lot of fan bases when their their team goes to rebuild, when their team uh, finishes outside of the playoffs, when they finish in last place, we're like, this team sucks. I'm going to move on uh, and I'm going to go find a new team or find a new player. And that gives our LCS teams this massive requirement to uh, continue to to spend for talent to try to stay towards the top of the standings. Um, the final thing I just want you to respond to. TSM Reginald in the chat said, Chris Greeley uses Blitz app to train as the LCS commissioner. Can you respond to these accusations? Uh, I will I will acknowledge that I, I do have the Blitz app uh, installed on my computer. Uh, I have several other apps installed on my computer. <laughs> None of them have helped me get any better. Okay. I don't find that, I don't think that's a fault of the Blitz app. That is certainly not a fault of Mobilytics. I think that really does, uh, I think that's that's my problem. Well, you're gonna you're gonna have to figure that out if you want to end up in the LCS through 100T next and uh, whoever else. Anyway, Cloud Nine, I guess. Anyway, thank you so much. I uh, I'm sure I'll get an angry message from uh, your comms team later for us barraging you with so many questions that were unrelated to the academy and the amateur stuff. But I, I think it's really great to they hear were from tangentially you related. Yeah, they're all related. It's all one system. It's all so it's all legends. connected. I don't yes. get it. Uh, I'm here, right? Like, might as well ask the questions. That, that Why can't out. you guys balance the preseason items better? There you go. <laughs> you, know, you know I don't touch any of that stuff. I, I mean, come on. Uh, quick shout out to The Dive, my my favorite podcast when I'm not listening to Travis Gafford's podcast. 
Uh, and uh, much like you, Travis, I would also like to thank Alienware, a proud host of the LCS. I could not get to the server mute quickly enough to stop you from your dive promotion. Ah. Pity. Um, anyway, thank you so much, Greeley, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, you can, you're, you're good to drop now, but I, I do appreciate the shout-out. I appreciate you taking the time. So thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Take yeah, it easy, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Bye. <clears throat> okay, let's see if how easily I can switch all this back to this. I think I think relatively easily as we redo this, we're getting we're gonna move Raz over. Oh, you're oh. a little bit behind Greeley. Uh, Greeley's ghost. I'm ducking to the camera. I have I have tragic news. There's what? this cat in in our apartment complex that used to like get free food from one of our neighbors, but they moved, and now this street kitty is seducing Ashley into giving her treats. And so now this cat's going to start hovering outside our place. Great. Just what I wanted. A third animal on this goddamn... Anyway. Now is as good a time as any anyway, to talk about Alienware. Uh, when we return from this break, we'll be taking calls about all the off-season rumors that we discussed on the first half of the show. Uh, again, thank you to Greeley and Riot for taking the time to have them on. But first off, let's talk about Alienware. Raz, please stop distracting. I'm trying to do an ad. Okay. Have have a little respect. Uh, thank you so much to Alienware for uh, supporting us. They do amazing things in the space. Uh, I have back here behind me. I have a thirty. I have a computer with thirty eighty. I've mentioned this, but I have a thirty ninety showing up soon. So I have not moved completely to this computer yet because I'm going to switch to the one with thirty ninety. And boy, I'm excited about that because there are so many fun games that I am playing right now. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Just came out. Um, very excited to get into that. I mean, I know Cyberpunk is uh, hitting soon, so it's going to be fantastic to have this awesome computer. And by the way, here's, this is a real story, by the way. I mean, what I just said was also real. I will be playing those games, but you might not believe this story, and I'm telling you to believe it. Alienware was actually very, very helpful for me today because I was, as I was developing my predictions and whatever video uh, that I ended up splitting out into a bunch of different tweets and pinning up on YouTube. Uh, I had, things were changing in the moment. Like I heard different stuff from different sources and all that stuff. So I would film it and then I have to go back and change it. Anyway, having the fact that I have this great computer that can do all that, can help me export stuff, get everything out quickly enough that I can like turn on the stream to start talking about everything is as news is breaking. Like that's the, the literal example of like me on the cutting edge of all this news as it's sitting today and having Alienware technology supporting me. So thank you so much to Alienware for uh, their support. Be sure to check them out. They've got some holiday sales coming up soon. You can use Travis 10 off Q4 to save 10% off your order uh, over at their website, which you can find uh, the stuff that we use. And it's very helpful for me. If you check out this link, alienware.com slash Travis, um, you can go do that. Hello, Reggie. Reggie's still in the chat. He's just been trolling all today. Uh, Reggie, by the way, I, I've been told that he's going to do an interview with me. Now, I was told he was going to do the interview with me after TSM went out at Worlds. And then I was told, okay, two weeks from now. And then the two weeks came, and then about an hour before the interview was supposed to take place, he postponed it. No time like the present. If he's hanging out here, just hop on Discord. Let's talk about uh, POE. Well, we're going to take some callers. Money. I don't think he's going to come on. But uh, Okay. Um, he could be a caller. But he did message me 
this past weekend and said, I'm ready. So I should have an interview with Reggie soon. Please, dear God, it's been a month, Andy. <laughs> I've been waiting. I had a whole day set aside for this. Well, not a whole day. I had an afternoon set aside from it. Please make this happen. He's a busy man, yeah. Travis. Yeah. Well, so am I. Should I get a call? Streaming for five hours and 45 minutes. Um, yes. So, Mark, do you want to explain how the, this next part is going to work? I'll explain it, but I'll be honest. There's a lot of people in here already. Um, this is a live call and show. If you would like to try and get on, uh, you have to go up and join the Discord that I'm spamming in Twitch chat. Go ahead, click there. When you get there, you'll have to join one of the voice channels, pleb calls or sub calls. Uh, once you're in there, mute your microphone so you're not mouth breathing on people. Then in the pleb topics or subtopics text channel, you will post what it is you want to talk about, which team you think won the offseason, who lost, whatever it is. I will then pull that call into the waiting room where you'll hang out until it is your turn to go on. We'll do a quick mic check, and then you will be here talking with us, and uh, you'll have a clip that you can save for your parents or something. I don't know. What? Okay. Anyway, uh, if you are a sub, thank you for being a sub. Be sure to check out the Subtopics channel. I know I've been terrible about reading any of them out tonight because we've gotten so many, but I do want to say really quickly, we broke 2,000 subscribers, which is awesome. I don't remember the last time I was I was at this number, maybe in 2018. So thank you so much to everyone who's subbing. I will, even if it is after the stream is done, I will read off every single person's name. So thank you for that. And I'm going to uh, say thank you for all of you guys for, of course, supporting Travis. But if you see an owner... Or a general manager in the chat. Don't give them a device on roster. <laughs> you don't fucking know enough. <laughs> but I love I you. Think I think that's the best part. They show up and instantly everyone's like, why this? Why that? Um, we might have to. I, 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 I know we have our first caller here. Caller, I apologize. I might have to send you back to the waiting room really quickly. Uh-oh. Um, I I apologize, but we'll we'll be right back with you, caller. Um, what? I'm what? what? I'm sorting. I'm sorting something out. What? Right. He's actually coming on. People. Hang on. I'm Reggie's, sorting something out. Reggie's actually coming on. Here we go. I don't know if that's true. I'm just spreading rumors. Excellent. This is the perfect time to just start spreading rumors. Conspiracy what, uh, rumors is what I love to see. Did you hear Chovy's coming now? Chovy, Chovy, the TSM. Hey, we are joined right now by our first caller, Reginald. Reginald, where are you calling from? <laughs> I'm from my, I'm at my office right now. Okay. Uh, well, what do you, what would you like to talk about on the show tonight? I just came in to say hi to you. Okay. I, I can't I can't tell you who's on my roster because we haven't signed any contracts yet. By the way, That's so fine. I'd, be break, I'd be breaking LCS rules. That's fine. And Chris Greeley would find me, dude. He's probably still here. He's probably still waiting to to try to find you. You uh, were you? I think you tweeted that you've signed zero contracts so far, or, or was that as Steve and everybody was tweeting out the contracts that they were signing? Yeah, zero contracts signed, two more to go. Uh, yes, so that's, that's right. Uh, yeah. We're 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 and we're in the final phases of uh, uh, the agreements, and I think we're probably going to close it over the next two days or so. But there's a, it's it's still in the air right now. Okay, anything uh, can happen. How has this offseason been for you? Because I assume it's been pretty crazy. I mean, especially with uh, Bjerg. And you, whenever you and I do our longer interview, I'm sure we'll talk about all this stuff. But with Bjerg stepping down, has this just been like the craziest offseason for you ever? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 it was something that... Um, I mean, I could touch on this probably more in another interview. But sure. to sum it up, 
it was something that we didn't expect. And, you know, it's, it's something that Soren has thought about for a very long time. Um, and, uh, you know, I was really supportive. Uh, and he was super excited to become head coach. And so we worked together. And uh, we actually were able to put together the, like, the exact roster we wanted from the get-go. So okay. super happy. Well, you said in my chat earlier today, our superstar support is more expensive than the bottom two LCS team salaries combined. <laughs> are you uh, are you standing by that now that we're on on voice? Well, I mean, I, I was joking because I I, re I really don't I really don't know how much the other teams cost. I just yeah. I just know that some of the LCS teams this year went boom, um, yeah. and uh, a lot of the teams are going minimum, and so uh, there could be there could be a world of the, that being the case, but uh, you know, like. Cena could probably say the same thing about perks, right? Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, we 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 went big this year. I think uh, we're probably going to be one of the top spenders in the league, if not the top. Oh boy! Holy crap! If I mean, if yeah, you were beating out, I I assume C nine has a crazy number. So if you beat them out, that's same with TL could... even. Oh yeah, TL. Well, well, I think I, I think on an annual basis, right? Uh, yeah. So. Gotcha. Uh, so with C nine with the C9 with what they did, obviously year one it would be higher. Yeah, but, buyouts and stuff. But yeah. but uh, Jack, uh, you know, big congrats to Jack. He he went huge. Yeah. So so on on the whole, like you know, Bjergsen retiring thing, it, it's it's interesting because TSM has only ever had two mids in the history of the org, and I I don't think it's even really close for any other you know season one era orgs. Like, is it is it weird at all to be moving into like the third? Is it? Do you see it as eras, or is it just like a position, or a roster, a player kind of thing? Well, it's hard to see it as an era, as like, as as a as a person that runs a team, right? Um, mm -hmm. That's so close to it. Um, but 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 I can see how that is, just because so far we've had such great success with um, that position in particular, and it just it's it's kind of ironic that the name is named after that position. Um, and you know, I mean, if you really think about it, it's surprising, right? Not to talk my career up, but uh, you know, I and many people probably don't follow up, but I was pretty dominant in my time too. Yeah. And Thorne stepping in, I, I didn't, I didn't, I actually didn't think that he was going to be able to live up to expectations, and he definitely did. And so he was like a really great error too. Um. Yeah. So, so I, I think that uh, transitioning to a Poe, I think uh, it's he's going to have to live up with, to big expectations, but I think he, he certainly can. He's. He's been on pretty bad teams and has had massive success. So, can you I, I, so like Twitch chat saying <laughs> saying the blue card and like, I, does it ever chafe you at all? Like that people always just meme the the biggest uh, the biggest the like those those plays despite like I you were actually super good for your time. Like you were you're the best mid in NA. Um, only until like high really developed was it seriously contested. I don't think. Does it feel? Does it ever? Do you ever like goddamn blue card memes? Did we lose Reggie. Uh, uh, people are saying that I'm gonna get fined, but nothing is signed yet, guys. <laughs> we haven't signed anyone yet. You were, you were I, talking I about transitioning. Right over it. I pulled those right over it for <laughs> you, you. You were talking yeah. about transitioning to Path of Exile. Yeah. The Path organization yeah. is gonna be playing Path of Exile. I can't wait for the yeah. next big Path of Exile patch. Whatever. Yes. What is it? Four is coming. Reggie. Yeah. Path hey, of Exile. Let's, let's Path of Exile is a really great game, guys. Let's let's ignore Mark's question and go with uh, this.
would you do me a favor for for the previous TSM mid laners? Would you yeah. power rank them for me? Where would you where would you rank the the past two TSM mid laners? Well, wait, wait, think about this way, guys. I, w I actually won WCG right at the height of uh, NA when NA was actually NA was like you know dominant internationally, and so it's it's pretty clear, right? <laughs> did, did you, did you I, win any? You won some IEMs too, right? Uh yeah. I actually, I actually don't remember, but like, I mean, I always should talk to Wolf because uh, we're just like competitors. But you know, he he doesn't he didn't win against me that much back in the day. That's true. It's true. TSM was no, was very. But but, but obviously, I think that uh, after I retired, the competition became much 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 more competitive, and I also had a huge leg up because I I played the game really early on, and I went full time in the game, right? So whereas like most of my competitors still had to go to school or playing part time. I just went all in and I dropped out of school and I played league full time. So I had, even though I was better, I had a serious advantage compared to everyone else. So, That's so true. I can't really give myself too much credit either. I mean, just, you made, just, you just made the jump uh, when other people probably would not. You got so. the, the the New York house before. I think that was the first league gaming house in NA at least. Yeah. Hey, Reggie, I actually have a question. Um, did you feel like the the news for Bjergsen turning into a coach is like generating excitement, making it easier for you to? like find talent because like listening to how former and even current players for TSM like talk about like the leadership and like knowledge that Bjergsen had as a mid laner it felt like everyone just feels like he would make like an incredibly natural coach so did you feel like it was easier um Sword has a really really strong strategic mind for the game mm -hmm. and so it really did help um, recruit talent in the offseason. Everyone is really excited to work with him. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think he's going to make a fantastic coach because he's always been a really strong leader uh, for mm -hmm. our organization. I think that he's going to play a, like, a, maybe an even bigger role than before. So we'll, we'll have to see, right? But you never know, right? It's going to be his first year. But yeah. I, I have a lot of faith in him. And if it, if we run into problems first year, I think that he's only going to get better. And so he's someone I really believe in. I think he's going to be really strong in the long run. I got to go in one minute, guys. That's before, fine. That's fine. Anything before before I get in trouble. What is anything you want to shout out? Uh, I'll, I'll be happy to 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 go on and talk about our roster once um once we've actually signed any of our players and have yeah. gotten league league approval uh, before we, we discuss anything further. Well, I'm excited for you guys to play Path of Exile. I think it's going to be a big expansion for the league, and uh, hopefully Greeley is not on the phone calling you right now. Anyway, thanks so much, Andy, for the call. All right, see you. Bye. Yeah, see you. Okay. <laughs> I actually didn't even know what the fuck you guys meant with Path of Exile. I was like, why are you talking about another fucking game? I was so out of it. I, I, I just tried, to, I tried to, to grab anything to move on to quickly, but yes. it didn't. Yes. yes. I mean, we are not here to try to get anybody in trouble. Let's put it that no, way. No, I'm not. I'm just here for a good time, man. Uh... <laughs> Love Hotline League. So fun. Uh, you never know what's going to happen when you tune in. Oh, right? Who's going to drop in next? <laughs> Steve's going to show up and announce Alfari? <laughs> you know, I think that Alpha. I mean... Uh, Whichever know. top we grab next. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, ready for the caller? <laughs> yes, hopefully hopefully this caller is not feeling too bad about getting bumped for, for Andy. For Reggie, yeah. Uh, Sorry, Bobo, guys. Boba gifted a sub to Nick. Thank you. Um, oh my god, we have so many, so many subs right now. 2026. Thank you, everybody. Uh, we, today has been insane. Oh boy, we're gonna, we're gonna cap it all off with a, uh, a bounty stream after this. Um,
How you doing, Oh yeah, I mean like I'm Raz, really... are you feeling we're in hour three, Raz. Do you feel baited? Do or should are you gonna be sending me angry messages after this? I mean if I actually had something for the Monday, then I'd be I'd, I'd be concerned and I'd tell you, fuck you, Travis, but you caught me at my open day, so Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm glad we made this work. By the way, thank you to everybody contributing to the scam train in the chat right now. I9 Gamings is here. I9 Gamings, where are you calling from? Georgia. Georgia. Well, great. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, this one's going to get flamed pretty hard, but I'm going to go ahead and say that CLG's projected roster, and for reference, the projected roster is coming from Travis's video with his final projections or whatever that I watched earlier today. Yeah. But I'm going to go ahead and say that CLG, with its current projected roster, will finish top four in the LCS. There we go. It's like how Raz just starts muttering. Yeah, he's gone and said it. He do, he's done uh, it. Finn Brock's a winter turtle smoothie. Who's the top three? Uh, I'm probably going to say TL if uh, the rumors are correct. And then C9, obviously. And then probably TSM will be in that ballpark. Okay. No respect to Hundo Thundo. Nope. None. <laughs> oh, <Damn>. Jesus. <laughs> well, no respect to Golden Guardians. Uh, very un, un- <laughs> incomplete roster. Uh, yeah, their, their question marks are looking whatever. really good. I'm liking their question marks. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll get you. Okay, so why do you think this this roster is the fourth best roster in the LCS next year, as projected at the moment? Well, I'm just saying, you guys did flame pretty hard, including you, Raz, and you, Mark. Just saying, but I think I don't know much about Finn. Like, I really don't know much about Finn right off the get go. But I don't think Paul Belter's bad. And I don't think Brock says bad either. I think his transition was probably meh at best. And I think he was really passive. But I think that if he gets aggressive between him and Pro Belter, I mean, history states that these guys can win championships. Those two guys can. And I don't know about Smoothie. I think he's a question mark. But if you flip Turtle for, I don't know, let's say Sneaky or even Turtle himself, they might be able to make something happen in the bot lane or at least not lose. And I just think their top lane is going to get smashed. Um, you know who else was had a history of winning world championships? Crown? We ain't going to talk about that. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> just, I, don't, I don't think that having, and by the way, that was world championship, not just. Um, so yeah. I, I just don't think that having a, a player that has won something in the past necessarily means that they're going to be the most competitive this year. Or next True. Year. Well, um, I think, you know, top four, I mean, you might slot them down maybe one or two positions, but I don't think they're going to be in the bottom end of the pack. Mark? Uh, so what I'll say, you know, is this is North America, and some teams will boom, you know, and I think uh, to get middle of the pack, you don't need to be dominant in skill. Uh, I think, you know, teamwork and how you approach the game and how you work together shouldn't be undervalued. And so there's a chance that this group of guys gels real good. They can, you know, win some games in mid to late game. I mean, Immortals in spring for a period of time was like, what, our our first through fourth place team before they, they slumped at the end and just barely missed playoffs? Basically off the fact that they won a bunch of games in the late game. So, 
yeah, the CLG can can finish middle of the pack. Um, but I also don't think I would never bet on it. it never. Uh, I just don't think they have any real weapon. Like, what is your what is your what is the guy that you're playing around? It? Uh, who who is who is getting you these wins? You have a bunch of players who. I, I don't think they're ter- you know like they're not terrible they're not like bottom of the barrel players but there's there's uh there's just there's just not really someone who has ever been the really the primary threat on their team and, and maybe Finn can do it because I know he can play carries but you, that's not what he is, he's been asked to do so far. I mean, if Dominate is in the chat right now. He's Finn on carries is the win condition. So. Yeah, I mean that's I guess that's what it is, but he hasn't had to do that at the LEC level really. Maybe he can get done at the LCS level. So the take here is that um, they'll be a top four team. And you got real close yeah. to that microphone. Yes, I did. <laughs> so the take here is that they'll be a top four team, and we've we've mentioned that like it's I I feel like it's impossible for TL, TSM, and C9 for like the projected teams to be worse. And if you just look at 100 thieves, because it kind of got glossed over. Like, wait a second. <laughs> like, did we not just see the same split, last split? Like, are we not? What What happened to the whole discussion about FBI and who he being uh, the best bot lane last split? Like, where, where was that conversation? Or at least the second best. Like, if, you're, if, you're, if we're talking about tactical and core JJ, like, if you want to put that, fine. You know, bless you, do that. What about core, uh, what about closer? You know, uh, you know, top two, top three, you, depending on where you want to put uh, Blabber and Santorin. Santorin, I would say, is number one. Uh, okay, so you not only are saying that the 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 best like a top three jungler and closer, a top two bot lane, Demonte, and then someday, this for sure. Like I was already kind of when we were having this conversation about this team, I already mentioned the fact that like they're looking for a championship. Um, I'm looking at the squad that you just mentioned, and you already said Poe Belter is like basically the main ticket for this team. That was the same case last year. They were they were bottom two, even with Poe Belter being playing incredibly well. By the way, like Poe Belter did not have a bad year at all. Um, it was the, the the team as a whole, and you can say that Broxa coming in with the experience that he has, for sure the better player in between him and Wiggly. Like I I agree with that. Uh, and there's a question mark on Finn. Like I'm not saying coming out and uh, flatly and putting CLG as a last place team. I think it would be foolish to do so before we even see what the rest of these rosters look like, right? Um, um, but the top four, that's wild. That's crazy for me. Um, so, and we're, and we're not even like talking about the fact that FlyQuest picked up Falafox, Diamond, Licorice. I think those are three strong players as well. So Licorice finding a, a home. Um, yeah. It's in, in the end of the day, while you look at these players and you say individually, like, I like the look of all of these players from CLG as a team and in competitively compared to the teams that I just mentioned. It, it, they're worse pound for pound and then you said smoothie question mark like we just saw him this year <laughs> like there's no question mark he's a he's a player we have actual history on so uh, that's the only thing that i wanted to hit i'm not saying they're last place team but bottom four team yeah sure i, I think so yeah i the only that's, reason that's why crazy. so i don't i don't think they're going to be top four the only reason why i think it's okay to be not like oh this is a 10th place team is because so many teams are going to be they're just hard coin flipping next year with their rosters from what we can tell right like is this immortals roster going to be okay middle of the pack like i feel like immortals roster could be anywhere from like 10th place team or 11th place team all the way up to fourth you know similarly you know we don't know what golden guardians is going to pull out so 
I think there's a chance that there's just a lot of teams that are in development year and are spending their onstage time essentially working at scrims. What are you pointing at, Mark? Yeah. What Raz is pointing at. Oh, okay. Ah, yes. So, yes, Hunter T looks good uh, for sure with their projected thing. Uh, and yes, CLG does not look as good as Yep, and 100 T does look as good. Sorry, podcast listeners. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but we're gonna have to see how things go. I just I don't think CLG is gonna be fourth. I just flat out disagree with the take. But I could see there being some really weird shit going on at the bottom of the LCS in a way that we haven't really seen before. So I'm be curious. <laughs> curious to see how it goes. Uh, I9 Gaming, sorry, we're we're kind of low on time, but is there anything you want to shout out or say at the end here? Uh, not really. Uh, just a long-time fan. Watched for a long time. And uh, I think you guys are going to be surprised because, I don't know, just looking at the ceiling. Like, if they play at the top of their game, because I think a lot of their careers depend on honestly. Like, we got a lot of new talent coming in, and I think that if they know that and they play at the top of their game, the best they've ever played, then I think that they really do have a shot because I just can't see Broxa just getting out jungled by just anyone. And Hobelter at the top of his game is pretty good. So you're, it depends playing, on Finn and then the AD carry slot. You're you're using the 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 hotline league caller favorite, which is their ceiling. Just if they all play to their best, if they all play yep. to their ceiling. But like the problem is once you do that for your team, as we've already said before, you have to start doing it for other teams. What does like a hundred T look like playing at their ceiling? What does I don't know, some of these other teams look like... I think Someday's going to roll people if he plays at his ceiling. Yeah. Yes! <laughs> oh my God, I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thanks so much, i Gamings, for the call. Um, and we'll catch you next time. Yeah, thanks. Have a good one. Thank you. And I'm, I'm, by the way, I love calls like these. You want hot takes. You don't want someone out saying, yes, I think that 100 Thieves will be a fourth-place team exactly much like every other p fucking person in the chat, right? Oh Why are, what is this accent you're affecting? I was like, current kind of French? Yeah. I don't know. So, some sort of Europe. This, this person has moved from Europe when they were 12 and moved to the U.S. that is calling in now. Um, anyway, do you want to grab the next caller, Mark? Um, I guess, let's see if I can catch up on some of these subs. Iron Gamings, thank you for the 10 gifted subs earlier. It was just on the show. Flick Nickum, uh, Captain Crunchy, St. Louis Slayer at 29 months, Clancy94, Leicester GFM, uh, GT Karma, and Nonchalance. And we got LOL User here. Great generic name. Uh, where are you calling from? Calling from North Dakota. North Dakota. Very exciting. Uh, what, <laughs> what do you want to talk about on the show? Yeah, super exciting state. Uh, yeah, so my take is C9 didn't lose the offseason, but Licorice lost the offseason. C9 didn't lose the Licorice or the offseason. That is, is one of the coldest takes, but you're <laughs> saying Licorice lost. Uh, so why why do you say this? Yeah, so to expand on that, um, he was the best or second best top laner in North America by far, but uh, he ended up getting sold in that package deal, and now every one of his teammates is a downgrade. Even though these new players have potential, Jose Diodo is worse than Blabber. Palafox is worse than Niski, Deftly is worse than Sven, and Diamond is worse than Vulcan. I mean, that's... It's hard it's to argue hard with to too argue. much of that. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, wow. I mean, this, it's like... 
I'm optimistic about FlyQuest, you know? And I I don't think Licorice would ever say anything, but, like, you got to imagine that you went from, like, one of the greatest North American teams of all time. Yeah, you stumble. We're going to run it back into, like, okay, I'm getting replaced, but hopefully I can go to another, like, dominant team. Like, I'm a, I'm a hot piece on the market. You know, maybe TSM will buy me out. Maybe one of these other – maybe I can get to TL to, like, package deal to – kind of a rebuilding org you know no 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 flame at FlyQuest, but i mean they literally replaced every single one of their players seemingly right so like i don't think it's flame to say they are rebuilding this year and and three of the other four members on your team have probably never started in the lcs so yeah i think the year in which perks joins your team is not the year in which you want to get traded um (laughs) For sure. He, Lickers must be really, really unhappy with that OCE change. Like, I'm sure a lot of uh, OCE teams and players are unhappy with what happened. Lickers probably chief among the people who are unhappy with this change. Um, I think people like Spawn, whose orgs kind of got killed, might be a little bit more. <laughs> <of that. laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll give it I'll give it to that one. I think that's the winner. <laughs> You get the but championship like, for that one, being upset. <laughs> but 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 Licorice is probably amongst North American pros number one. Yeah. I mean, Spawn ended up on a great team in North America where he drafted another player named Spawn. So I feel like <laughs> he's got he's he's doing okay. Uh okay, well, I mean, to Raz's point, this is uh that he made in the last one, which is like you want hot takes. I mean this is a good take, but I gotta say, like I think this is going to be one of those ones where we all just kind of agree uh, and sort of put what Sage in the chat. Is that what is that what the kids are saying now? Sage, Sage for licorice. Um, Mark, is I that it was Sage or Sage? I always thought it was Sage. It's Sage. Oh it's Sage. my God, Travis, you boomer, stop it's it! Pretty boomer. It's been around for a hot minute. You know, it's not like this is a flavor of the week. Uh, you know, it's actually on the way out, probably. <laughs> oh my goodness it's like sage <laughs> and it was back to the caller's point because although i will say a lol user being an average name and then of course <laughs> i wouldn't say that it's an average take i actually so one thing I'll, I'll i'll pick up on this one is um people will have like some disagreements on palafox versus niski i want to give niski a lot of uh credit because i think they're just completely different types of players where Niski will play for, like, you know, the Rome. He'll play for jungle and rotate a lot. Um, Palafox is a bit different. You'll, you'll play for Palafox a bit more. But, man, Palafox is talented. So I'm really happy that Palafox got the opportunity, and it sucks that he won't get, like, for me at the very least, it sucks that I won't get to see a Niski versus Palafox because Niski's on is back in Europe. Um, but I think Palafox is really talented, and people will be able to get to watch him play. Like, the Palafaker like nickname is fucking coming back so i'm i'm happy to see it yeah i mean okay lol user what do you think of this team though okay it's obviously it's a downgrade from where he could be playing with c9 what is your take on the FlyQuest roster as it's projected um based on what i've seen i'd probably say five through seven maybe I mean, it, it's a lot better than I would have thought, seeing that they're losing their entire roster, though. 
Man's got reasonable takes. Yeah. There we go. Well, we agree with you, L user. Good job. You win this round. Uh, anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? No, uh, shout out anywhere, and thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. All right, uh, on to the next caller. <clears throat> I can show my face again. Uh, Bolin, <laughs> thank you for the tier one. Dodis name work. Thank you for the prime. Bearman, 4099. I9 Gamings with the 500 bits. Jingles, KC, Frost Whisper. Yesterdog, Dorvinsky, Rob Shabotsky, Ash, Justinide, Sam Z, uh, Gingmeyer with a tier two, and Kai Madras. Oh, Mark is still not here. Eternal, Raytech, thank you for the four. Stan Z, uh, Broken Cat, what is Chenfasa, gifted a sub, thank you. KRGB Nelson, Nordified, Rico Suave. And looks like Mark is back with our caller, Rico Suave, 30 months, by the way. Phenom, you've been on the show before, I feel like. Uh, no, it's my first time. <laughs> Every time, I always think that it's... Sorry, maybe you subbed a lot? Uh, no. Right. I what do you want really... to talk about? Keep reaching, Travis. Wait, where, Keep are you reaching. From? Where, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm from Quebec, Canada. Okay. Oh, love it. Yeah. All right. Well, I was going to ask you about if PoE was confirmed from TSM, but I feel like our first caller kind of ruined the question. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to pivot into asking like how does the free agent they work in LCS Um, because like I don't know how traditional sports work and kind of curious like how those work in LCS Um, for example for PoE like you know the rumors were like last week um, you know he was ready to sign with TSM but it's still not announced so I was wondering like can they discuss the contract ahead of time and then just announce it today or like yeah this is a great question so um, the way this works is you cannot sign anything. You cannot put ink on paper until today, uh, actually uh, the 16th of November, and it was at 4 p.m. Uh, Pacific. And so what you can do beforehand is teams can go and agree to terms. That's why you'll see a lot of people say, like, they've agreed to terms or a verbal commitment or something like that. Um, and so you can have things lined up so that you can sign the contract the moment four o'clock hits. That's why you saw uh, Steve and Jack tweeting how many contracts they had signed because they had everything lined up for that moment. Um, And if you are under contract, you are not within the LCS rule set allowed to talk to other teams or have your agent talking to other teams or whatever, unless the team that you are signed for gives you permission. That's why you will frequently see people tweet out things like, oh, I'm under contract until this date, but this team has given me permission to talk to other entities so or other teams. So that's kind of how that works. Um, does that make sense for you, Phenom? Yeah, okay, I understand. But like, for example, PoE, right? Like, they said, like, you. well, you said, like, he was ready to sign last week, so... And Rich just said, like, nobody signed. So, like, what would, like, make it, de- like, delay the contract signing? Well, you can't sign anything. No one can sign anything until today at 4. Okay, well, I mean, like, they could have agreed to terms, and then, like, today they just have to sign, right? So, like, technically, they could have announced it today. Uh, the, why, like, as in, why didn't they announce it today? Yeah, yeah uh, like, if, if TL has contracts done and, or whatnot, why? Yeah, or yeah. TSM has contracts done. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Andy said he had not signed anything yet, so maybe that means they are just working out the fine points, or sometimes, like, understand that there's lawyers. Some of this stuff gets decided very late in the game. Now, obviously, supposedly the POE one didn't. I don't have a great answer for you as to why it sounds like POE did not sign, like, paperwork with TSM. 
Maybe TSM just got the paperwork to him recently. He's got a lawyer reviewing it. Um, who knows? Uh, maybe yeah. things are complicated maybe. because some of these players uh, have to have like visas and all this kind of stuff like transferred over. So there's a lot of weird stuff that goes on behind the scenes that people aren't necessarily thinking about. Maybe he saw that that DRX Chovy Chovy news and uh, you know the POE thing was big bait. Actually, <laughs> a question that I would have to Travis here. You know, I feel like I should probably know, but I just don't ask this question. Is that like if they if it comes to that four o'clock timer, have they seen the contract beforehand or are they just guarded by not signing the contract? Yeah, I assume that uh, I don't know. I assume based off of the fact that Jack was tweeting. Um, I mean, I, I think you could see a contract. I don't see any reason why you couldn't. You just can't agree yeah. to it. The fact that Jack was tweeting, like, DocuSign uh, screenshots and stuff like that and signing mm -hmm. stuff so quickly implies to me that they were sending the stuff around beforehand. So, uh, okay. yeah, that is my understanding is that you can definitely send contracts or terms or anything like that. You just can't agree to anything. Because there's no, okay. it's like, the, it would be very weird if the rule was like, you can have these conversations, but no document with anything on it it's like it starts to so get you really have to read the contract out loud yeah. yeah that's why that's why whenever i hear something like teams have reached a verbal agreement my thing would always be like well maybe there's not a paper uh, yeah, trail on it it's because it's verbal it's not it's like yes i will do this because you cannot agree to anything on paper because then it's yeah, a course. contractually binding agreement so yeah makes sense yeah. makes sense I, yeah i thought it was just like yeah yeah okay it's fine that's good that makes sense yeah. uh phenom yeah, that answers my question. Cool. All right, very good. Well, thank hey, thank you so much. Anything you want to shout out before we move on to the next caller? Uh, no, shout out to Alienware, and thanks for having me. Yeah, very good. Have a good one. You too. Bye. All right. Uh, we've got a couple more callers coming up. What? Shout out to the Quebecois squad. Got them out here in force. Eternal Raytech, thank you for the four months. Stanzi. Oh, wait. Pen I got those. Already. Penetration. Thank you for the three months. Uh, Merchant of Soul, thank you for the 16. CG Gladiator for the six. Red Rain gifted five subs. Uh, Fish Sticks resubbed for 18 months. Boba Cola gifted to It's Otter Space and Nick Allen. Nick Allen has been a sub, I don't think, without spending any money on this channel for 20 months. Uh, Jew, thank you for the tier one. Single Father, thank you for the prime. Uh, Taranth, Tarianth, thank you for the prime. Itragan, uh, Tralna, uh, Blue Pigment for the bits. Nick Ahmed, Senpai, please, for the year. Pibby Poli, Pibbo Poli, Rathnix. Um, still waiting on Mark. Red Rain gifted a sub, and Itrigan gifted a sub. We're almost caught up. Uh, Atharva is here. Atharva, where are you calling from? Hey, I'm from uh, King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. Where in Pennsylvania? King of Prussia. They have a giant-ass mall here. That's like our... Oh, our I've driven college. through there. <laughs> Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have family in Lanc I have I have family in Lancaster, so Oh really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. America has some weird names for towns. Let me put Dude, that out you there. You go through <laughs> Pennsylvania, they got some of the weirdest. Pennsylvania's town names and shit are whack. Yeah. <laughs> We're uh, known for our giant ass mall. It's now the biggest in America, I believe, square footage wise. So that's what Ooh. we got going. There we go. Great. Yeah. What do you want to talk about on the show? <laughs> what the fuck, Travis? Uh, Respect uh, man's culture and heritage. Anyways, go the on. mall is the <laughs> culture and heritage. Jeez, I said it was, Travis. Please stop disrespecting your guests. Yeah, well, first of all, I'm a huge fan of the show. This is my first time ever being on, so I'm Thank like you. super stoked about it. Um, so I have a slightly skeptical take on the perk situation uh, or acquisition for Cloud Nine, assuming it goes through. 
I think it will, because everyone's saying it will, and I'll be really disappointed if it doesn't. Um, I think it's a massive gamble for C9. Uh, yes, Burks is a better player, objectively, I think. Uh, but if his playstyle doesn't mesh with Blabber, there is, I think, a world where they don't make worlds again this year. And I think that's a skeptical take, um, and I'm much more in favor that they'll do much better. But uh, Niski enabled Blabber, whereas Yankos enabled Perks for a majority of their runs. So basically, this C9 has a higher international upside, and in my opinion, could be like a top six team at Worlds, or they could boom. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that's my take. Oh, that's actually, I really like this take. Um, it's really interesting. Mark, you seem to, you're making a face, I feel like. Uh, no, I was I was intrigued. That's why yeah, I was excited to hear Raz, but I can go first, you know. No, no, have, if Raz, did dumber, Raz make a facial expression? First. I normally know to go to Raz if he's made a facial expression. Like that. Okay, he's made one. Raz, what do you think uh, of this? I, what the hell? Go, Mark. What? He's just trying right, to right, this right, I, think, I think there's some truth to the caller's point. Like, it's not about, you know, doubting perks. It's about um, why that C9 roster from before was so good. Um, and, you know, if perks can just insta-swap in. Because, yeah, perks played in spring. He was pretty good. But he, he hasn't been, like, a dedicated... Uh, um, mid, mid laner for, for a while now, and to the, to the caller's point, um, you know, I don't, I would, I would never call Perks a greedy mid laner because I don't, I don't think he's like a you have to play to him type. You know, I don't think he's perma pushed up, and you, and if you don't gank his lane, you're gonna um, die or anything like that. Um, he's good at one three one. He has a great macro sense. I think he brings a lot of leadership qualities that. Um, you know, Nisky seemed to have some as well, but I think Perks has a lot of intangibles, so to speak. That said, I can see a world where, you know, Blabber does see the game more differently than Yankos. Yankos is really, really, I think, smart and prepared and knows what he wants to do. I think Blabber's a little bit more instinctive and he's going to, like, scrap it out. And I think Nisky was, was a, kind of a ride-or-die type. And I don't know if perks will be a hundred percent that way. And so I could see a world where there is less synergy and the, the people, the, these two players don't quite see the game the same way. Um, and it could lead to a worse overall team performance also. Cause remember there's, there's um, fudge in here as well uh, compared, but I don't think I agree because I do think the skill increase is, is substantial enough that um, some of the issues like even if the the synergy isn't excuse the buzzword isn't quite as strong, you know, like perks is just so good. Okay, I I think that um, I'm just quickly double checking 2018 because I I already know the recent splits to just solidify my point here. Okay, yeah. So my thing is perks is just a is an insanely fucking good talent that actually can play through any style of play. Um, when G2 is changed up um, from being you know mid-centered and mid-focused around assassins to being or or even mages to being more around like facilitating uh yankos like he, he's always been able to kind of fit that or to trick is a great example too um he's been able to play both styles incredibly well the reason why i kind of dislike the comparison to c9 in this in, in summer is that like by all means this should not be the expectation for a team this talented and dominant <laughs> to like not make worlds <laughs> like yeah. the fact this should never fucking happen again like i really yeah. fucking hope so <laughs> yeah like yeah. That, that is not a precedent <laughs> I was like it, that should continue um so i think I, I think um it is a valid question to figure to figure out a not only if they can if uh, you know 
a, a question on perks playing to um, Blabber, but more so for me, just Blabber being more flexible to play around others because he's had for a full year of uh, you know Niski being stylistically like playing to uh, Blabber. That my biggest question is if the meta changes, so you do need to play towards like an Akali pick. Uh, if that just happens, because we all know how the balance <laughs> for the game can be like, right? That you can't just ignore the the meta. Like there are teams that have tried to done it, and it's like sometimes you can't do it. I want to see how flexible Blabber is. That's my question. So uh, as for perks, I got I'm full confidence. Full confidence he can do it. Maybe he has to ramp up because he's playing eighty carry for a full split. But I think he's just too fucking good of a player. I have full confidence behind him. I just want to see how flexible Blabber can be if the meta changes. I have a question for you guys. Yeah. We had a caller come in earlier that said Licorice lost the offseason because every player he's playing with is worse than the players he played with previously. Is there a world where you could say the same thing about perks? I mean, yeah. Probably. <laughs> I love that response. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah man i mean i guess the only change would just be the the dollar sign you know i'm just putting that out there <laughs> yeah your his bank account won the off season i guess bank account idea. definitely is banging right now part of me would like to say it's less drastic but i also don't even know if that's necessarily true because FlyQuest players are such an unknown and g2 had such high highs you know world finals competing and winning msi you know like it could be could be comparable. Comparable. It's also just weird because he's also role swapping. So it's like I got to compare myself to Caps, and I'm well, comparing yeah, it's, myself. It's more like also a, to. Zven I think you trade you you compare Zven and Caps is the way that I would do that. Yeah, yeah. But I will say, I will say. Of course, we still. I would still want to know what the AD carry change will be for G two, and we'll see soon enough. Um, but my question is like, I want to see. Everyone will want to see where C9 ends up because for me, this roster. I think uh, a viewer actually said this a few shows ago, or just like last show. Like this, the expectation for C9 would be like semifinals or finals or worlds because mm -hmm. they've hit semifinals with a with a you know lesser known or a, a less strong roster, you know, quote unquote. This one is just so stacked, like conceptually, that their goal would be to make it to a semifinals. Meanwhile, G2 have literally done that and made finals. So, yeah, this is a downgrade. Um, but we the potential for C9 is pretty much unknown. Very good. Well, hey, uh, Atharva, did this... What do you think of uh, sort of the conversation we had here? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I love the takes. I, I, I'm, like, unbelievably stoked for this. Perks is my second favorite player of all time. And the fact that he's on my favorite team now... I'm just super excited to watch the next season. It's going to be a blast. I really hope that you guys are right and we do well. Um, and I think that we will. But yeah, I'm uh, cautiously optimistic. Who's first? No sneaky, no worlds? Uh, Jensen. Uh, <laughs> he's, okay. he's always been my favorite. Um, oh, so you get to see yeah. your play, your two favorite players face off. Yeah, actually, that's another thing. Like, I'm hoping that the Perks Blabber situation works out like Jensen Blabber because they were an amazing duo when they uh, were swapping between Swenskaren and Blabber. So... That's my hope. Like, they play it similarly, style-wise. Yeah. But we'll see. Very good. Well, hey, thank you so much, Atharva, for the call, and we will catch you Can I give a one quick shout-out? Oh, Just, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, no, yeah no, well, my... you're doing uh, <laughs> you guys do that, Travis. 
Uh, no, I just uh, I just want to give a shout out to one of my brother whose birthday was yesterday, and he's a massive TSM fan. And we agreed for a week to not check Reddit or Twitter so that we could be surprised during the offseason. And he was sure that Perks was going to TSM. So I'm uh, just a huge hee-hee XD in his face. I'm so happy. Uh, now, number two, I want to give a huge shout out to one of my favorite casters, LS. Um, I, I My heart goes out to him. I know he's in a tough place right now. And I hope that there's hearts in the chat for LS. Uh, that's all. Thank you. Yeah. And me. by the way, I think it's very funny that you're like, my birth, my brother's birthday is, was yesterday. So now let me <laughs> mock him publicly in front of 6,000 people. Oh, we, we fucking shit on each other all the time when yeah. it's C9 versus CSM. It's super yeah. fun. Yeah. Well, anyway, thanks so much, Atharva. And a good call on the LS. Oh, shout out. We hope he's doing, he's doing yeah. okay. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks all a guys. lot. All right. Uh, I, want like, see, I want to see a T1 take. I want to hear that, you know? Let's see if we get that. We generally avoid uh, stuff outside of NA, but if somebody wants to do that, I, I don't know. Maybe Mark pulled somebody. From Raz of that shit. I want to. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll see what, what happens. Anyway, uh, we're, we're going to get drama. guaranteed drama, Travis, if you get a T1 segment, is what I'm saying. Okay. Well, you'll have to tell Mark that. Uh, Danny Saltzman, thank you for the Prime Blueprint paint. Uh, five gifted subs from Nodak. I appreciate it. Uh, Death. Oh, I almost just lost it. Um, where, 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 where am I? Uh, Death by Farming, Hans Harrison, and Surly Kangaroo. Great name, by the way. Uh, Exo Kaboom is here. Exo, where are you calling from? I am calling from Jensen Beach, Florida. Jensen Beach, Florida. Uh, should Team Liquid should have a, an event there. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> what do you want to talk about on the show? <laughs> what do you want to talk about on the show? For me. Uh, yeah, so uh, my take is I think 100 Thieves won the offseason, in my opinion, mostly because we kind of talked about it earlier, how their new team is going to be near the top, probably top four, maybe fighting for top three in a world spot. But I think it actually shows that they are in win-now mode while also building for the future and i can kind of touch into that with their academy and stuff like that as well yeah go for it why uh i mean winning off season sounds like a really bold claim to make whenever our teams are bringing in alfari and perks. perks but um and huni but what do you uh why why do you think they won more than other teams well mostly because what i've seen on 100 thieves takes is that some fans are kind of upset that they kind of quote-unquote, blew up their roster and didn't give some players a chance. Um, but I think that the way in which they did it, they're obviously very strong in 2021, at least it looks like. You can kind of pretty much take Golden Guardian's roster, throw on Someday, which is an upgrade over Hanser, and you can see what they could be. Um, but if you look into their academy system, it's a little bit... There's a little bit more depth to it than I think people realize. And... Um, you can kind of go position by position. So if you look at their top lane academy, they have tenacity there for next year, which tenacity, and you can kind of throw Kenvy in there, which is a jungle. So I'll do the first two at the same time. If you, those two would have been in scouting grounds um, this past weekend and would have been two of the best players probably in there because it was kind of the discussion in um, amateur was between those two as, as I think it was Shoryu was the three like best quote-unquote best amateurs from the past season 
So if you think about it that way, uh, Hunter Thieves kind of got like the number one and number two or number three pick in the draft this past weekend. So they have two solid positions there. Um, also, you can look at Poom. I think the argument is that Poom probably is going to be on Academy for a year. And even though he didn't kind of pan out, he, he showed a little bit of flash with his um, with some of his play. You can tell he's kind of raw. So I think it'll be good for him to have a, um, a full year of Academy in, underneath his... Uh, his belt and then the other positions um Ryoma is I think he's under contract for 2022 so two more years and he's still a young player I don't think 100 these fans are going to be too thrilled about it but I think if you give Ryoma a chance with a full year of academy you could tell watching him last year he was feeling the pressure like anytime anybody said like kind of criticize him he was definitely feeling the pressure so I think a year under Academy, if he can show like improvement there. So that's the fourth position. The only one I don't know is AD Carry, but their 100 Thieves next AD Carry was just drafted second overall this past weekend. So you could tell they had a plan, but they kind of pivoted, used that draft pick, traded it to Golden Guardians. And so they had a plan for AD Carry too. Um, four of their 100 Thieves next players. I think we're in scouting grounds this past week. The only one that wasn't was Fallen Bandit because he was their coach. So that was their top lane. But otherwise, three of those four players were drafted this past week. So you can clearly see they're good at developing talent and they have a position in every academy spot except maybe AD Carry because they just lost it this past weekend. So I, would, I have confidence they'll find a good sure. AD Carry for academy. So I think they have a really good roster for 2021 possibly 2022 because most of the players like demonte is only i think 22 years yeah. old i'm sorry we're we're running short short on time so i just want to i want to cut it and i think we've got the gist of your message um mm -hmm. mark i'm gonna throw to you because i know raz is just gonna be like yeah they won the offseason sorry uh continue <laughs> or go ahead mark. Oh, all right go on go on uh, no raz you sound like you have a, a strong strong take um uh, first of all because i'm sorry carl you went on for a while so I, what is your take here that they just won the offseason yeah, they won the offseason off not just based off lcs he's saying because they did well in lcs and their their academy system is still seemingly working well okay because exactly. uh, they lost fake god in saligo and I, I thought they were both on the upper end of academy so i felt like they failed on that one i really wanted to see them either um use fake god or sell them but it felt like they just kind of dropped their contracts. So, like, that's one thing that I felt like kind of sucked in terms of uh, bringing up talent. I thought Soligo was actually really good. I know a lot of people will only remember Soligo from when he played in LCS about, like, a year or so ago. But in Academy, he was, uh, like, for sure an, an incredible talent. Um, so I, I for sure, like, especially when they were playing this year, I thought he was better than Arayoma, and I would have wanted to see him play in that regard. Um, but, yeah, that, that's my side. So from an Academy perspective... I do think that them bringing up their 103 next player is great. And then, uh, yeah, just go with what Travis said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they they definitely got some damn good talent. So, you can go along with this one, Mark. Uh, I can't say they won the offseason, man. Not when Perks, assuming that goes through. Assuming the TL moves work. I mean, they've upgraded two of their positions then while still having a really solid core. Um, you know, there's there's too many other moves. I think it's a great move. But the talent development side, to Raz's point, like, yep. I don't think – I appreciate what they're doing. I appreciate them bring, bringing these players and investing in them. But, like, you didn't 
how do I put this? Cause I don't want to say they're not developing players, but like you didn't find a player, work with them and then put them in like what, what happened with fudge or, you know, some, some of these other moves that have gone on. It wasn't like this person grew up through your org and now they're your starter. None of the people that they were investing in have, have really started for them this year. So in that sense, I don't think that they develop like their, their investment into these players has not yet paid off yet. It might in the future, they're still investing in them, but it hasn't paid off yet. And because they didn't get money, like like Raz is saying, like a buyout from Fake God, who looked pretty good. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely longer term. I think they right. do have great players in, in in their academy system now, and they were the team that went for the 100 Thieves next. So like, it's still like up in the air that they will it will pay off for them. But what they did was just they wanted to win now, so they got they got <laughs> Gold Guardians players. <laughs> they bought another team that was winning. Yeah. Uh, it is interesting to see the pivot. I mean, we'll talk, I'm sure, about 102 more over the next couple months. But, it, I mean, there's... I don't know if anybody saw, there was that Nade Shot clip where he's like, you know, the problem with the LCS is the journalists and the Travis. fans all expect you to just always be winning and um, or something to that extent. And I just... I think we gave a lot of praise to 100T for 100T Next for taking risks, et cetera. And so it is kind of funny that then in 2021, it's like, this doesn't feel like you're still taking risks. It looks like you are, you threw out the stuff you were working with last year and you Papa just... Papa hadn't sent the email yet telling him what the plan was. Yeah. You know who took risks though? You know who uh, uh, developed the talent? Cloud9. Fudge is going to be great. I'm a big fan give, of go, Give, give Raz the credit. Let's go Golden Guardians. Ka kaboom. Go. I, I felt like, um, you know, you know, FBI going through the system, who he coming in as a support, even when the fans were against all of these changes. Um, Demonte, I mean, Demonte was a fan favorite. So, like, the fact that he ended up getting it and escaping dig prison was great. Fantastic. Love it. Thumbs up. Um, and Closer, amazing find. Came out into the TCL. Like, I, I think... And also now Golden Guardians, of course, you see a lot of question marks, but we all know what those question marks will turn into and what Hunter has also Go. promised. So time to, to diamonds. That's what they'll time to, to develop some diamonds is what I'm saying for Golden Guardians. Diamond now, is already joining ByQuest. I knew you were going to make this fucking joke as soon as that word left my mouth. I tried to not use gold for Golden Guardians to avoid that pun, but once I said diamonds, I was like, oh, fuck. There we go. Get fucked, Get Mark. Kaboom, yeah, anything you want to say before we <laughs> go on to our final caller? Oh, uh, yeah. I think I'm in a kind of a unique position to most people in the community. I've actually never played League of Legends, which sounds crazy, but I kind of came up as a 100 Thieves fan from other esports, and 2020 was my first season watching. So I have like kind of no prior experience before this year of what League of Legends scene is, and it's been kind of a great experience learning. And shout out to you guys because i've learned a lot just watching your show so oh been thank great. you that's really nice to hear yeah. i'm glad i'm glad you've enjoyed it um we really Stay enjoyed far away game, from the so. game no yeah. but here's the, here's the thing i'm gonna defend the game find a five man to play with find friends to play with when you're getting introduced because if you're playing yeah. with randoms and normals you will hate it but much like any game uh but play with some friends you'll have a good some time. arams and whatnot yeah it definitely looks fun i'm not gonna lie it's definitely up my alley thank you so much for the call all right, moving on to our final caller. Mark is going and grabbing him. Stick around after the show, please, everyone. It's very helpful for me if you do, because I'm going to do a bounty on stream. I'll hang out and talk with you guys. We can still talk off-season stuff 
Uh, but it's very helpful for me whenever you guys. I got to beat back the fans. Everyone's saying, don't play the game. Look, it's the people that are great. All right. If you're with great people that are not insanely dumb and toxic, and just because they don't know you and they, after the 20 minutes, they know that they can just drop in some flame and go on to the next game. Pretty fine. It's good. It's all right. Zuhu? How do you say your name? Uh, you can just call me Owen, but it's Zuhu. You just call me Owen, though. Wait, call you Ellen? Owen. 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 Owen, Owen where yeah. are you calling regular from? regular name. <laughs> I'm calling from Estero, uh, Florida. Florida. Okay, another Florida call. Yes. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show, Owen? Well, my take was uh, Immortals waiving their exclusivity rights with Tony Top after picking him first in scouting grounds was kind of a joke on the business side of things. And it shows either distrust towards the amateur scene, or it just shows simply bad business practices. Sorry, can you elaborate for the people that don't know what happened? So recently, the scouting grounds like Combine happened, and it was, uh, I think, a week-long event featuring 20 of the best players from the amateur scene. Tony Top ended up being a great performer during the event and was first picked in the draft by Immortals. And But then, recently today, I believe, uh, they waived their exclusivity rights with Tony Top. Uh, for contract negotiations. And it's kind of a joke because 100 Thieves and Golden Guardians ended up trading, like 100 Thieves trade their pick to Golden Guardians, which shows that the picks have some sort of inherent value. And Immortals having the first pick should have the highest value pick, and they just let it go to waste while also dropping their two top laners from 2020. Okay, so... Let me give you a couple ideas here of why this could have happened, because I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Maybe they pick up Tony thinking, I don't know, that they're not going to be, like something else is going to fall through. Maybe they talk to Tony and the, the, what he's looking for in a team doesn't mesh well. Maybe he says, actually, I don't want, don't want to join Immortals. I think I can do something else. Like, there are reasons to waive exclusivity that isn't just like, well, we decided to say, screw our, our pick. We just randoed somebody and then threw them away, right? Yeah, so I, I agree with that too. He could have had, he also could have had soft deals with other orgs. I'm not mm. sure about the legality of that, but that is a possibility. But in previous um, Scouting Grounds events, the orgs were allowed to interview the players beforehand. I'm not sure if that was changed with this one, but I feel like they would have a pretty good idea on the, I guess, the nature of the players and what their thoughts and views are towards each of the organizations. So I think it's a little weird for me that they pick him and then he, they either like don't trade the pick or, and, and then of course they just ended up waiving the, the rights to the contract negotiation. Yeah. When you're talking about soft deal for the Twitch viewers or whoever listening, the YouTube podcast, et cetera, um, I'm guessing what you're referring to is sort of that idea of, Hey, maybe a month before scouting grounds or something like that, he got approached by an org that was like, Hey, we'll sign you probably to an Academy team. And then, you know, he goes and plays scouting grounds and, uh, at the end of it, you know, he declines politely his, his request. I mean, I've heard rumors of this type of stuff happening before. I actually have no idea what kind of poaching, uh, Preventions or safety measures are, are around for scouting grounds. Uh, Raz, I don't. Raz or Mark, do you guys know anything? Um, Raz might know better than me. Uh, if he doesn't, I can give give you a, a small thing. You go first. You're talking about poaching protections, correct? For yeah, for like players entering scouting grounds. So, my, my, 
my understanding is that Riot is, is relatively hands-off here because they they don't want to lock a player necessarily into a contract or rip them out of one that they might have already kind of been going towards anyways. Um, you might say, oh, well, then they shouldn't be at scouting grounds. But with with like planning and the actual organizational specifics of it, you know, it's just something that, they, that they're a little bit more hands-off on. Um, and so there, I know there have been deals in the past where like a player, everyone already knows this player basically has a, like these kind of verbal agreements we're talking about in real free agency. They kind of have a verbal agreement that they're going to go to this other team. And that's why, despite everyone agreeing that Niall should probably be first picked by Immortals because they need the top laner and he's the best prospect. Like, huh, he goes to Golden Guardians for some reason. And I won't, I won't put Raz on the spot, but if I had to guess what happened and given your report, Travis, it sounds like, you know, that was probably something that was going to happen regardless. Um, and what ends up happening is if you draft a player like Niles, uh, they just wait out the free agency period and they sign anyway. So the teams just don't bother. And, and um, I, I assume stuff like that is going on. I've, I've heard of it in the past. I haven't heard any specifics from this, this split, but like that would be an example that wouldn't shock me if I learned what happened. With and Whoopley in the Niles. chat. Who, who works on scouting grounds at Riot says at the start of the event, all 10 teams get to interview all 20 players, but teams aren't allowed to make offers during the event. Um, and, af and after there's a 10 day exclusive negotiation window. So my guess is that you can make offers before uh, the event starts and then, you know, whatever like, happens afterwards. Happens. If, if you're the, the number one player in solo queue, you finish the season number one in solo queue, a team approaches you, but you haven't gone to scouting grounds yet. You know, like, I don't think Riot wants to block that, like block everything out once you're locked into scouting grounds, because then you're just harming the player, arguably. Yeah. Um, so I, I think Riot's hands off with that, uh, and I know that can, like I said, lead to some weird things with the draft. But I still think it's it's better this way than than trying to enforce some weird exclusivity for a ham-fisted draft system that doesn't quite work in league that well. I mean, like I love I love the draft. Don't get me wrong. I'm not criticizing the draft. I love it. It's fun to do, um, but. I wouldn't want to ever harm a player for the draft. Um, I can go on and just, unless if you have a point about that specific topic, because I wanted to move on more so about like what the caller was talking about. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, like for the, for, uh, uh, yeah, if Mortal's first pick and they're going for Tony Top and they just drop him, I'm like, well, Tony Top actually performed really well in the event itself. Uh, I would have imagined that Immortals, if they didn't want to pick up anything for their LCS team, people never really do for scouting grounds. It's more so for their academy team than if they can just pick something up that's more beneficial for them. But they just picked up the contract and immediately dropped it. I think dropping the contract is fine. It's good. Or like the exclusivity, I mean. Dropping the exclusivity as soon as possible is really helpful to the player. But then it's like, why not just either get someone that you're interested in for Academy or just like, you know, pick someone up that's not really performing in the tournament. Like, right? He was performing really well in the tournament and I feel like that exclusivity yeah. would have been really beneficial to another team. Um, and Matt... The balls on IMT, because like I personally, I actually I I like a lot of the decisions. We already talked about it earlier in the show about the roster, but from <laughs> from last th this year, where people heavily criticized the decisions that they made about imports, to this year where now they have two NA players, <laughs> like it's literally the same situation. Except I actually agree with the decisions here, uh, it, or at least like I understand it. I love the bot lane for their team. I think people underestimate them because they don't have names. Uh, mostly Raze doesn't have a name that's recognizable, but Raze is really talented. Um, I can understand the decision to pick up Revenge, even though I know personally like that three other top laners had proven themselves in Academy. Um, 
but I understand it because Revenge busted his ass in solo queue and he's also showcased if he's talented. And Zerze is another one where people will be like, all right, so you imported an EU jungler that performed like his team performed poorly last year, like ridiculously poorly. Uh, but Zerze itself, his, himself has been kind of noted as a really, um, uh, you know, smart jungler uh, in his career. So I can understand these decisions and how they can work together. So I'm not a, I'm not a completely against this roster. I think it's fine. It's just more so like usually when a org like fucks up large in a year like that, like humongously, they might take a, a not a risky gambit the next year. But they're, they're gonna try and dodge that PR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not like trying to dump on IMT, especially because I obviously. Oh, in power? Did we lose uh, He's back, he's back. Oh, when you kind Sorry. of broke up. You said you're not trying to dump on IMT because why? Yeah, because obviously I'm just a fan. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Um, I, I don't get to see the business aspect of things, but from the outside perspective, it just looks kind of weird in a sense. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. It like does they look weird. Did confirm, they did confirm, like in the chat you said, that the orgs did get to talk to the players before the event. I mean, they weren't allowed to do like deals during the event, but I mean, if they were able to talk to the players before the event, it's weird to me that like they would be worried maybe about like a personality like difference or like they would I feel like they'd have like some knowledge on the player like whether or not he'd want to play with the team. Yeah, I guess you could say the optics aren't good. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, one thing that I'm actually confused about because once again like Zerze being picked up from Europe. That's an interesting topic, and he might perform coming into it. It's great; it would be great for his career. But they had potluck, and I actually was really high on potluck. I, if this team came in with it, which was you know my expectation to come in cheap and also developing players, I would have loved to see potluck here. I think that would have been an amazing decision for them as a team. Um, so it's it's kind of like a, it is a huge risk, and I want to see what ends up happening. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Owen, for the call. Anything you want to shout out? Uh, just shout out to C9. Been my favorite org for a while. That's pretty much it. Thank That's you for having me on. You too. All right. That is our three-hour mega episode of Hotline League. Might have come in a little bit. but Actually, no, I think because we yeah, ran over. over. Oh, boy. Everyone stick around in Twitch chat uh, because I'm going to stay on stream and I have a funny thing that you guys might enjoy. Um... Mark, mm -hmm. shout outs, plugs. I want to give a shout out to my boy, Travis Gafford. Oh, he's, he's killing it this week. If uh, you know, you didn't know, we had an interview with our favorite fantasy author, who's one of the biggest fantasy authors of all time, Brandon Sanderson, which went on his special book YouTube channel. If you haven't checked that out, it's a great interview. I think we had a lot of great questions. DJ Wheat was there with us as well. That was a great start to the weekend. And then uh, he followed up with dropping bombs all over the place on, on you know, free agency, batting a hundred percent or whatever the fuck he claims to be doing. You know, it's it's a great weekend to be Travis Gafford. That's a Monday. Um, it was a great weekend, and Monday is still the weekend. False. I mean, <laughs> either way, thank you, thank you, Mark. I do appreciate that. Uh, free agency has been very fun. The Brandon Sanderson interview, it's great. Please go check it out. Go check out my book YouTube channel. Even if you guys don't listen to fantasy books, there's a great video up that um, uh, listen or read because I mean, who reads? Uh, there's a great video up there about fantasy stuff. It's it's quite fun. Uh, Raz, what do you got for us? Oh snap! Check out my Twitch, my Twitter. No, not my Twitch. I'm not streaming as nearly as often. <laughs> go, on, 
go on my Twitter account at Razzleplasm. Um, and yeah, I mean, off season's gonna be long, so check out what Golden Guardians have been putting out for their main team, their academy team. I know the news is gonna be exciting for a lot of people. What's the next batch of North American talent coming through? That's what I want to hear. And also, I said at the beginning of the show, it's still nine o'clock. It's still his birthday. Send a happy birthday over to Blaze Olive. There you go. Well, I want to thank everyone who tuned in for this special episode. Thank you to Greeley for coming on. Thank you to Reggie for making a surprise appearance. That was fun. Thank you to Reggie for announcing, uh, leaking TSM's new Path of Exile expansion. That's great. Um, thank you to everyone who subbed. I'm going to read off the subs after this because but uh, we are, we broke 2,000 subs, which is, I, I don't remember the last time Huzzah. this happened. So, thank you Never to anywhere. Uh, oh boy. Okay, I'm going to stream for another hour, but this has been Hotline League episode 149.